Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Film Fives podcast. With me, Russell Guyver, and with you... Phil Newman, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? It's good. I think we timed, we timed doing this particular episode perfectly after last night's footballing heroics. Uh, we recorded it. We're recording this a day after England finally beat Germany in a competitive football match. A knockout game. Yeah, exactly. It's a miracle. Sporting movies. <laughs> it feels perfect timing, doesn't it? And we it didn't does. plan it that way, <laughs> but, but it's worked out serendipitously, if that's a word. Um, it's brilliant. Yeah. Superb. Obviously, that's going to, that's going to become a dated topic later down the line if people I, listen yeah, to this. If you're listening to this in the future after we've got beaten by Ukraine, <laughs> then <laughs> in, a, in a tragic, but very typical letdown performance. Yeah. You know, it's going to come. Yeah. 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 But we're, we're happy bunnies at the moment. Uh, yeah, so all the life is good. Exactly. All the more for having an evening, sitting around talking about films again. And on this week's show, or this month's show, I should say, end of June, recording this, um, we are talking on the subject of sports fiction films, aren't we, Phil? Tell us the criteria. So we, we, we've kind of said no documentaries, because yeah. that's the kind of whole other genre unto itself so looking looking into it i'm going to put you on the spot here you're going to hate this apparently (laughs) there are 11 super genres of film how many can you guess super genres yeah the main genres of film so So that's what that's what that means right okay yeah um, yeah, I could probably get most of them. I'm bound not to get all of them. Okay. So one, as examples, one of them is Westerns, which we've already done. Yeah. One of them is sporting movies, which we'd be doing this evening. There are right. nine others. Well, firstly, does documentaries count as a separate category in its own? No, no, we're talking, okay. of, yeah. That comes under each individual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So we've got Westerns and sports films. Okay. We've got comedies. No. Well, that's broken down. Because you no, because right. you'd have like a comedy western or a comedy. Uh, okay. Okay. Sports right. film. Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. So we've got um. So we've got film noir must be in there. We have crime as well. Crime. Okay. Crime. Uh, adventure. We have action. Action. I was going to say action next. Yeah. So adventure comes under action. I'm definitely not going to get all of these. Right. So we've got so we've got western, sport, crime, action. Have I missed something so far? No, that's it, isn't yeah. it, from what I've got. Okay, what else have we got? So we've got horror. Yes. I'm ticking off my list now. Lovely. Because um, you, you're horror. the one with the film degree, so I'm quite curious to see how many <laughs> one of these you're going to get. It all depends how it's broken down here, because I've not heard that term before. But anyway, um, sci-fi in some yep. films is going to be on there. Yeah. Um, is, there a, is there something on epics? Surely not. Historical no. epics or historical... No, okay. No. Uh, again, you could argue things like westerns are that anyway, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, right, okay. Um, <laughs> is pornography in there? <laughs> right, I'll get. I'll, I'll let you know the others. Otherwise, we'll be here this evening. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Fantasy, romance, slice of life, thriller, and war are the others. Slice of life. Well, I think we, yeah. Well, they're talking about oh. like your kind of contemplative French films or mm. your or your Corriedar films, you know. Oh mm. uh, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. So dramas, basically. So sporting a topic. is a is is a legitimate uh, movie genre, which can be split into two: uh, sports drama and sports comedies. And we've decided to focus on the sports drama. So mm. there will be no Will Ferrell, no Happy Gilmore, no dodgeball tonight. 
Maybe yeah. we'll save that for another time. Yeah, but it's well, sports yeah. drama this evening. Um, so a, as a kind of rough definition, um, a sports film uses sport as the theme of the film, though is rarely the central concern. It proved it being more of an allegorical role. And sports fans are not necessarily the target demographic. So this is what we're talking about this evening. Maybe this is what we'll be getting into. So uh, in terms of kind of rough, very brief history, I think The Hustler is kind of one of the first sports films, which is 60 years old now. Uh, But it it really kicked off uh, with Rocky in 1976. I think you can argue that that's the first big, big, big sports film. And we've had a lot of boxing films ever since. Yeah. Yeah, boxing, I suspect, is going to feature on to, on tonight's episode, isn't it? Boxing, <laughs> it lends itself to sports movies, both metaphorically and action-wise, and it gives people chasing an Oscar the chance to kind of go to training camps and beef up and play people. Act, I mean, actors, they love it, don't they? All that mm-hmm. triumph against adversity and all of that. Yeah, it, it's a classic genre for the Americans, isn't it? They, they love it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The story of the underdog against everything, yeah. yeah. And you'll get lots and lots of films on themes that are American sports themes, so baseball yes. movies, American football stories to that maybe a lesser degree. Yeah. Um, golf probably ends up being under comedy, doesn't it, <laughs> generally where it is. But, you know, it's, yeah. baseball is a very prominent one, isn't it? And and obviously it boxing, yeah. it's not an American sport as such, but it's it's heavily liked in america so yeah. that one goes down well too yeah so the big question that we're going to be addressing this evening who has the most training montages in their top fives <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you've got to have them jogging in slow motion while some 80s rock track plays behind them and watching doing sit-ups and <laughs> press-ups and shadow boxing this is this is what it's all about isn't it absolutely yeah it's that, and it, yeah, it's people punching each other. It's people running in slow motion. It's um, triumph. It's triumph over adversity. Probably comes into it, doesn't it? I'm sure a number of times. And there's usually a lot of danger involved as well, somewhere yeah. or other. In some of them, anyway. Life threatening in some cases. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, just to mention as well, we are still conscious that we've we've got, got to work on our awards idea as well. We've we've working on the golden seagulls concept we haven't had time this month it's been a very busy month we were hoping to get something underway yeah we indeed yeah we are going to organize for the next episode in roughly a month's time um a our initial inaugural list um some of which we've alluded to already but our inaugural list of a few uh initial uh either directors films actors whatever it might be uh, capable of, of, or sorry, worthy of an award and will be given an award uh, to start things off. And we will be probably from there on in, I think, adding things either as we go or maybe retrospectively after a, a month's further ponderance, maybe, yes. um, from what we featured on the programme. Uh, yeah. So that's Sounds that good. to come to. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're into our, um, we've got our top fives then, uh, all ready to go. Um, I think it's your turn to go first, isn't it, I think it, it is, yes. Yeah. Okay, let's get underway, shall we? What have you got So number five? My number five, I've actually gone for British film. All Ooh. the way back to 1997, I will be opening with Fee for Pitch. Bet ah, you didn't see yeah. that coming. 
No. For those that, that I know, I'll be going into why. So, so uh, for those that haven't seen it, high school teacher Colin Firth's romantic courtship of fellow teacher Ruth Gemmell clashes with his Arsenal obsession. So for those that don't know, this is adapted from the memoir that Nick Hornby wrote. I think it was the first one of his to actually get turned into I think so, yeah. yeah. Film. Uh, and Hornby, I think, wrote the script and the screenplay himself, sort of fictionalised his own his own life. There's a lot of Colin Firth, I think, in Nick Hornby. Um, and he concentrated on Arsenal's 88-89 season. Uh, so he's got things going on in his career, and it's uh, obviously a, a football season that means a lot to a lot of people. And yeah. I think it's a really, really good, really, really, really underrated film. It's very much, it has very, very much the look of a sort of TV movie about it, but there are some scenes, in, I mean, some, all the performances are fantastic, but some of it is genuinely amusing, and there's some scenes in it which I really, really resonated with me. Yeah. Well, excellent. It's a good choice. I've, I'm going to plot spoil a little bit by saying I haven't got this in my uh, top five. Um, it's a film that came under consideration. I really like it. because you're a um, Liverpool supporter on the quiet. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Brightened through and through me. Um, yeah, neither <laughs> of us are Arsenal fans, it should be said. Yes. Um, but I think the beauty of this film, you're right, it's a very enjoyable film. And the fact that you don't have to be an Arsenal fan to appreciate it, um, it doesn't just rely on its historical yeah. meaning to those supporters for it to be palatable. Or I'm, I'm sure Spurs fans probably don't want to watch it, <laughs> being the arch rivals. But but. Yeah, it, it's a great film. It's very well-rounded. It's Colin Firth in one of his earlier roles. I don't yeah, think he, he, may, he, had, yeah. he was known, but he wasn't. And Mark quite. Strong playing his best mate, useless best mate, Steve, and the two of yes. them. I yeah. mean, that is just a kind of buddy dynamic that I have with my own friends. and it, it, Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of resonates with you. There's a lot of flashbacks in it with Neil Pearson playing his dad. Um, yes, and some of the, some of those just really made me think back to my own childhood. So there's one particular mm. scene where he enters the football stadium for the first time, and he the camera sort of does a POV shot going up the steps, and you can just hear the sound get a bit louder and louder and louder and before you kind of emerge into the into the stadium and just the sound of everybody going mad mm. all the way around you is something I very very remember from my early days. Of, sporting and concerts and things like that that whole wow this this is this is really really something you know and there's yeah. the bits where they play Sabutio together and they argue over oh. the rules yeah we've oh, all been it's sublime. Be perfectly honest. yeah I, I appreciate not everyone's into football so for anyone that is listening to this and isn't into football apologies if this sounds sounds a bit uh, you know that we're going off on a nostalgia trip here but for a number of us it, it is one of those things playing Sabutio was part of my childhood going to games with my dad that was the first way I went to football matches we're both Brighton fans aren't we Phil and um, as some of you many of the listeners may know um, I do a podcast with another mate of mine uh, called Brighton Rock which is about Brighton and of Albion and we get loads of guests on who are fans either celebrity or otherwise and ask them about their first football memories and so that that is epitomised in this film yeah. in those scenes that you just described you really and, it, don't you and, you, and it yeah. makes you think back to there's so many parts of yeah. this film that things happen to him where where you know his girlfriend's like i'm really upset you didn't get the job 
And he's like, I don't care about the job. I'm more worried, worried about well, we, you know, we lost last week. I mean, I've, I've been in that situation on more than one occasion. Yeah, it's, it's immature and utterly ridiculous, but it is very uh, but much completely true, realistic at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And I think it's um, it's it's beautifully told. I think the rites of passage is another word actually yeah. comes up a lot in sports films, isn't it? As well, uh, particularly um, in fiction ones, and. Um, I guess that's that's true here. Part of it is the story of he's he's an absent well not an absent father, but he's a a strange father, isn't yes. he? I think his parents are split up in the story from an early age. It's autobiographical or thereabouts, isn't it? As well, the film, uh, the story. Um, so there is an extra element which, which I haven't personally had the yeah. experience of. I don't think you have either. But yeah. of the father sort of trying to bond with his son from an external position trying to yes. come back in and that, and that is the outlet through which he manages he he's not that into football mad. either is yeah, he yeah. Dad? He, he no he's just trying he's just trying things to share yeah. with his son to see what yeah. will stick so to speak yeah so he takes I, I love the scene where he takes um it takes him to the cafe pre-match yeah which is part of that same first game yeah and um and everyone, there's, there's always one and... fan in every group of football <laughs> fans there's always one who just goes on about how terrible you are and how we're going to lose every single yeah. game it's Again, always is, one. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but it really is true. People do go off on completely, completely unreasonable rants um, to a ridiculous degree. And, and that happens here. There's a guy effing and jeffing and, you know, you can see the boy's eyes boggling, kind of thinking yes. there's this whole cacophony of stuff going on. He's he's a young lad looking up at everybody around him in a crowded cafe. There's swearing. There's different attitudes he's not accustomed to. Yeah. And he's having to take all of this on board. It's great. It's, um, it, I think it's very evocative. I think it's good both the both the leads are really good well the the, the two male leads are really good uh, i forgot the name of, is it gem or something the the name of the um the, the fiance oh, i can't remember her name actually don't worry I've only watched it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah she's not she didn't go on to many other things actually whereas colin first so, no colin and the Firth director i think it, um his name is david evans he's basically a tv yeah. director he's done yeah shameless and downton abbey and robin hood and stuff like that he yeah brought, brought yeah. him to do this yeah, he um, is very televisual, but, yeah. but that's not necessarily a bad thing here. Um, interestingly, I mean, Firth obviously went on to big things, and he was he was the star of the, of the film. Mark Strong, I think that's he's, pretty he's, sure he's that's... He's almost everything now, Yeah, and he? he's done very well in Hollywood, hasn't he? Which yeah. I, I didn't see coming. I wasn't sure how well his career would go after Fever Pitch, to be honest. I thought he's very good in the role, but you wondered if he'd be one of those forgotten men later on. And there was he was a, very um, good. There was a TV series about 25 years ago called Our Friends in the North, which mm. I don't know, which followed a series of friends um, from their sort of childhood in Newcastle in the 1960s through to over the course of sort of 30 or 40 years. And the main characters were um, Daniel Craig, Mark Strong, uh, Christopher Eccleston, and, and Gina wow. McKee. And yeah. yeah They've all they've pretty much all done quite well out of it. And I think you know, Daniel Craig's probably the winner, but Mark Strong's not far behind him. Yeah, I mean, he, he really has gone from strength to strength. I'm I'm baffled a little bit by how well he's done in Hollywood in big action stories. He's been big. He's had yeah. really good juicy villain roles, all sorts yeah. of stuff, hasn't he? And um, fair play to him. He's good. He's, he's done a load of stuff on TV that's been very good as well. Um, Temple, I think, was one of the more recent ones he did for TV, which is quite interesting as well. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a good choice, Phil. Just, Excellent. I do um, like a bit of Nick Hornby. Um, in, hmm. So, obviously, this got an American remake about the Boston Red Sox. Um, I haven't seen that. Drew Barrymore. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. And 
there's also, I mean, Nick Hornby, he's done a few other things. High Fidelity, the film, that's mm. the America's got Americanized, but that's got Jack Black and John Cusack in it. That's, yeah. that's great. I do, and actually, I really enjoy that. I'm usually very, very averse to Americanization of British books. Yeah. I think that's do it in the original setting. But actually, to be fair, they did a pretty good job of that as well, didn't they? Yeah. That's a slight digression to get into that. But no, that's what that's worth seeing as well. It's a good, yeah. good film. I've read the book Fever Pitch, by the way, also yeah. for anyone that hasn't, it's very good. There's a, there's a few, there's quite a few, there's a few stories in there that just, yeah, that yeah. are really, really well done. Um, <laughs> and what I sort of one final note, obviously this was also the season that Hillsborough happened and that is addressed in the film. They're away, they're yes. away at an away yeah. game, and I hear, oh, there's some, we hear some of these people been hurt, mm. and mm. you know the whole, the sort of revealing of, of, of the tragedy that emerged there. I think it's done, it's done really well. Yeah, and it's not, it's not put in there for emotional value as no. such because it was just a timely reality. It was part of his memory, his autobiographical account. That would have been an indelible part of it, wouldn't it? So it's not as yeah. if he's. He's, he's point scoring on the emotional level there. That was yeah. a no-brainer to have that depicted as well because it was a very memorable part of the same season. And if you're a football fan, you remember all those those sort of details. Yeah. Hillsborough, of course, has been in the news a lot recently. Still no justice, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for the victims there. But anyway, that's another another matter altogether. Um, yeah, good choice. Do you want me to go on to mine then? Yeah, let's hear what okay. you've got. I, 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 I'm not going to try and predict any of yours. There's no. one that I'm pretty sure that you've got really, really high. And the rest is it of them, I've got no film? idea. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> I think I know which one you think it is. And you might yeah. be right if you are thinking along those lines. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already mentioned I don't have fever pitch in there, but honourable mention to that one. Um, I did debate. This was the only bit I had trouble um, in the end settling on was... Uh, one of three or four choices I could have had at number five. In the end, I've gone for something which you have briefly mentioned already on this episode, The Hustler. Oh. Uh, one of the first, and um, I think one of the best. I have to say, I confess, first of all, I'm guilty of not having had a chance to watch it. I wanted to watch it again because I haven't seen it for a long time. And the sequel, my... Colour of Money. Colour of Money, which wasn't bad, actually. It's still it right, bad. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good film. Um, yeah, I mean, this is one that's not on the typical sports subject, I have to say. Pool. I think those yeah. two films are the only two films I can think of the top of my head that cover that subject, really, um, apart from incidentally. Um, and yeah, it's, there's it's never been an English snooker film, has there? Where's the Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve Davis film? I can't believe we haven't had one of those. Steve Davis, the truth or something. Yeah. And, and also there hasn't been Ginger many kid from Romford comes good. <laughs> yeah, no, films, no. Croquet. There's no croquet. No, I don't films. think so. No, no. <laughs> I quite like croquet. So, some kid. sports sort of lend themselves more than others, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But yeah, I mean, a rarity perhaps, but the hustler, um, I mean, it does what it says on the tin. It's a story about a guy who is literally a hustler using Paul as his tool for doing so. Uh, you know, the classic, in fact, it's, it's a classic expression in Paul, isn't it? Hustling, um, pretending you're not very good, drawing someone in then yeah. suddenly being brilliant, essentially. And he's a professional, effectively, in that subject. Um, it's Paul Newman, isn't it? Paul Newman, yeah, uh, in the main role. Um, I'm partially uh, using 1001 Movies, and uh, well, an edition of it. I don't know which which numbered episode, uh, edition it is, but it's the one with Michael Caine on the front, uh, Get, Get Carter, Carter, which is a great, great image on the front. It's that episode, uh, sorry, that edition that I've gone to. Uh, just to read the entry on The Hustler, uh, 1961, as you said earlier on, um, in The Hustler, Paul Newman plays Fast Eddie Felson, a cocky pool shark who spends his time 
shuttling from pool hall to pool, pool hall, searching for a few suckers to scam. The vulture-like middleman, George C. Scott, who's an excellent actor, by he's the way. Great actor. Yeah. He's one of these people that everything, everything he's in, you know, is yeah. going to be good. Yeah, he, he plays his sort of a, his... Um, uh, well, he, basically, he, he sees him as a protege, doesn't he, Eddie? He's, uh, he sees promise in him and tries to teach him how keeping your cool is the key to winning. But Newman discovers the hard way that keeping your cool also means excluding everyone and everything else from your life, save for the pool table and the man you're trying to be. The spectacular black and white widescreen shots of smoky pool halls um, aside... The Hustler is a movie about people, and as such, it features an array of impressive acting. Along with Newman and Scott is the uh, laconic Jackie Gleason. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, usually in comedy roles, and and a um, a sad sack, as they describe it, Pippa Laurie, who plays Newman's doomed alcoholic love interest. Um, anyway, the description goes on. I won't, won't read yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Um, but um, yeah, it's I interesting. Mean, they, they they chose to do that film in in black and white because that was very yeah. much at the beginning of the color. They must have wanted that whole because it, yeah. it's it's the age old joke. I don't know if you remember Smith and Jones. Like, what did you watch on TV last night? Oh, you know, I've only got black and white TV. I only watched one program. What did you watch? Snooker. <laughs> <laughs> you think if you were yeah. doing black and white, you, you would expect it to be in color. <laughs> but that I think that whole kind of smoky backlit bar yeah. kind of yeah. lends itself kind of quite romantically to kind of a that kind of yeah. black and white look. Yeah. I mean, two points on that. Feel. First of all, you, you've mentioned snooker earlier on. Um, I've spent quite a bit of time in my teenage years around snooker halls, which still had that same overall dynamic. It's something slightly seedy about it in an, in an unharmful way. If that yeah. makes sense, it feels seedy. It's not particularly dangerous, um, but you get kind of slightly shady characters in there. It's, it's, it's a dark space. <laughs> it's always all male, virtually always. Um, there was two snooker clubs in Worthing where I grew up. There was Jukes, which uh, I was a member of, and I, I was there for years. Um, had some great times there. And there was one I think called Zans, which was around the corner from there, and that was the seedy one. It was really like a, a surreptitious little they, small they, clandestine snooker clubs. I don't even know if they're still. Yeah, I mean, up, up here in London, where I am now, there's there's quite a few. I've not been into any of them, so I don't know what they're like, but I can imagine. It used to be when you went in a pub in the sort of late 80s early 90s there'd be a load of like 20 peas lined up on the pool table yeah like, that's right they'd rather have more people in drinking there yeah the... it certainly you certainly wouldn't have any use for 20 peas when you're paying for a table now i'd imagine yeah, yeah. But, but snooker and pool it has, that, has that association it's very similar i think snooker halls in england pool halls in america maybe pool halls here as well are the same uh, they've got that smoky as you say that slightly divey tucked away you know, out of the daylight kind of element to them, which is quite interesting and intriguing. It's an intriguing space and behavior is a bit different in there. And I do think that's, that's great. Um, you mentioned about the black and white. I was just going to go on to say that actually. I found that was an interesting choice. We mentioned Psycho. We both had that in our top fives for Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, sorry if we've just plot spoiled a intent to listen to back episodes there. Um, but, um, that was a 1960 film that was after color had become the big thing for a few years. And here we are again with another black and white film, clearly a, a, a decisive choice, uh, um, a particular choice to, to put it in yeah, black and white. It's a stylized thing, yeah. A stylized thing, and I think it works. I love black and white films. I wouldn't want to see everything in black and white. I wouldn't no. want to see everything in colour. I love the difference. I think it suits some films. Most films in later years, especially much later years like now, I think um, it's very selectively picked, isn't it? 
There's not a great deal of films. You can't imagine a colour Schindler's List. No, exactly. That seems right, doesn't it? Um, The one that's probably curious is, uh, what's the one with the um, the guy with Silent Bob and everything? Uh, Clerks, isn't it? Yeah, that that was a budgetary thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was done in black and white. I'm not sure if it had to be or not. Did it have to be black and white? Maybe not, maybe not. I I, I think he only had about $6,000 to make it on or something like that. Yeah. Was, and that's what he had, available footage was in. Yeah, happened to be in that form. But yeah, I mean, there's there's been things like Schindler's List, The Artist. Um, there's there was that uh, grim film that's escaped my. Uh, I can't it's remember. Cohen Brothers one, the man who wasn't there, wasn't there? Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, and also Good Night and Good Luck, which was an excellent film. They tend to be good films because I think yeah. the filmmakers are uh, considerate, uh, sort of like very um, sort of meticulous in their their style. Those sort of filmmakers tend to use them selectively i um yeah i mean it it, it suits definitely suits the film i think it uh, it adds something to it it adds to that smoky effect doesn't it jazz clubs it's almost like that as well isn't it pool yeah. clubs it's in nice. a different sort of way <laughs> nice um and it's it's great it's it's simple sort of film i'm not sure i would have to see it again to be completely convinced it, um is it worthy of my top five? I think so. From my mind's eye, it is. And I think in a way, you can't watch every film that you've seen and liked over and over again because you simply don't have enough hours in the day if you yeah. have a broad taste as we do. Um, but I, I do think that particular film uh, stands out in my memory as being great. And it spawned, as you said, rather curiously, a very late latter-day uh, sequel, what, 20, 25 years later? years later, yeah, yeah. 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 Got to be Which one of the longest gaps between... yeah. First and second instalments of films, really. I yeah. feel a subject matter coming up for a future episode yeah, somewhere. Very possibly. Something to do with sequels, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good film. Uh, directed, by the way, by Robert Rosson. I didn't mention that earlier, uh, who also produced it. Screenplay by Sidney Carroll, Robert Rosson again, and um, from the novel by Walter Tevis. Um, but yeah, great film. I recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah. Look it up if you can find it um, and have, have a look, see what you think. And if you watch the sequel, that was the one where there must have been some thought going into it in that they had, it was almost like Paul Newman was passing over the baton to Tom Cruise to be the sort of next Paul Newman. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got, I mean, it it was right at the beginning of his career. He seems to have gone a sort of very different way since then, obviously. Old Tom. Absolutely. Um, Incidentally, my mum's just claiming that Tom Cruise has bought a house in Finden. I, I don't know if that's true. That seems absolutely preposterous. He wants to be near Des Lynham. <laughs> Must be something like that. Yeah. So there we go. That's my number five. So um, back to you, sir. So for number four, I have gone. It's still. It's not quite boxing. I have gone for the wrestler. Ah. Uh, the uh, 2009 da- Darren Aronofsky film. This is hmm. great. Um, so faded professional wrestler Mickey Rourke playing Randy the Ram Robinson. He must be about 50-odd, yeah. and he realises he's got to retire. He's got health problems. He can't cut it with the young guys anymore, but he finds this sort of quest for a new, li- a sort of new life outside of the ring, a dispiriting struggle. And it's almost shot in a kind of almost documentary feel. Which he's almost, I mean, yeah, um, Mickey Rourke is in almost every single scene and it all just sort of follows him around as he does things. Quite a lot of the films improvise, particularly some of the locking room scenes. 
Um, and there's a scene where a couple of scenes where he's working the supermarket, which apparently he actually did. He worked in there. They just supermarket all day in character and they, they pick bits of it out to be films. But it's it's a horrible <laughs> film to watch, but it's also hmm. really, really well done. So you just sort of see this man who's just got a he's having a kind of midlife crisis and what he's been doing for his whole life. His body just can't take it anymore. And he's got to try and find other things to do. But he has a certain type of lifestyle that he just can't say no to. Um, mm. As I said, yeah, directed by Aronofsky, who did Black Swan and Requiem for a Dream, written yeah. by Robert Siegel, who's a former writer for The Onion, although Mickey Rourke claims that, um, or says that when he got involved, he had to basically rewrite all of the dialogue because it wasn't believable, and rewrite lots mm. and lots and lots of the film. So originally, um, this film was going to be... Uh, Nicholas Cage, believe it or not. I can't quite <laughs> see him doing all of the steroided up muscular no, look. No. But, but Aronofsky really, really wanted Mickey Rourke and had his heart set on it. And so sort of Nicholas Cage stepped to one side and said, I could see this is the person you want and sort of very gentlemanly moved out of the way and oh, let Mickey okay. come in. And also, I don't think Nicholas Cage really wanted to pump himself full of steroids to try and get that, that look that you have to have for the film. It was very method, wasn't it, this? And it's also it was one of a number of cases where you've had an actor who's fallen completely out of favour, yeah. completely out of the public eye, who's then reinvented, brought back in in what became a very high profile role, wasn't yeah. it? It was, it was in amongst was all the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was he was excellent in it. It was sensational. I, actually, it was very close. That was one of the ones that was close to my my fifth place. Um, it was engrossing and it was it was really really utterly believable the whole thing isn't it yeah it's, yeah you're, it's, it's all bone crunchingly you, I checked real afterwards like is this based on a true story no it's it's, it's not <laughs> no, just, yeah I mean it, it's it, it really is excruciating isn't it to watch but not in a bad way I don't think <laughs> yeah I mean um, Marissa Tomai is great she plays his love interest who is a stripper and a young yeah. Evan Rachel Woods, now famous for Westworld, plays his estranged daughter that he's mm. trying to reconnect with oh, after yeah, having yeah, not really been, there, yeah. been around very, much, very much. Um, yeah, um, I mean, the fight scenes in it are great. Mickey Rock, he knows what he's got the physique, he looks the part, he knows what yeah. he's doing. He, in the early 90s, he actually sort of quit acting and sort of became a boxer for a little while. And so. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Apparently, when he was a boxer, he used to um, walk into the ring to Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. And so that's, this is exactly the same track that, that his character in this walks into. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like the, the money that it would have cost to have had that song was probably more than the entire budget, but Axl Rose likes Mickey Rourke, so he let him have it for free. Oh, right. Okay. And the whole rest of the track is, uh, the whole rest of the soundtrack is full on 80s glam metal, which I quite enjoy. It's a lot of songs I haven't heard in a long time. And I think even the, uh, the kind of, the, the actual kind of score for it has got Slash from Guns N' Roses all over it. Yeah. It's got, he, he's perfect for the role, isn't he, actually? Yeah. Mickey Roy, you're right. I mean, it was, it's it nailed so on good. spot on casting. He's, he's just so gritty and raw, isn't he? He's always been, that kind of actor from Barfly, which I remember from a long time back. From, Angel um, Heart, I remember. Angel Heart, of course, yeah. Yeah, which is great. He, he, he looks like a genuine, well, he probably is a genuine tough nut. Um, so he's completely believable in the role, as you said. And I mean, he's prepared to go the extra mile to add conviction to that with, as you said, pumping up yeah. with steroids and so on. 
Um, yeah, I mean it's grueling. What, what do you think about Aronofsky? Because I he's a he's a director. I don't really I don't like get, him that much. I don't get I've got to be him, honest. Right? I mean, Requiem for a Dream you mentioned earlier, which is quite a well-known heroin film. film. It's not really I found my it, oeuvre. Yeah. He's got this recurring theme of, of just repeating Misery. things in the yeah. loop, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like Requiem for a Dream much. Um, I've not seen a lot of his, I haven't seen any of his earlier stuff. I don't think I've even seen Fortune Cookie. But The Wrestler was impressive. Black Swan was impressive, which was his next film, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I absolutely despise Mother. I, don't, I appreciate I haven't it's, seen it. I, I appreciate its technical um, Merits, qualities. Yeah. It's, it's not a badly made film, but I couldn't stand it. It it basically hammers home points and then it continues to hammer them home and that's probably his intention. But yeah. I just found, okay, I've got the point. Oh, God. It did that thing which I hate in films where I'm, I saw it in the cinema, and I, which I like to do with any any good film or film I think might be good. Yeah. And I sat there and I thought, this is dragging. I just want to go. I've, I've, yeah. I've got the point. I've seen what I want to see. I'm not getting anything out of this anymore. And it kept dragging on. But, uh, anyway, so that might go down in films that really get under your skin top five. So I might yeah. have that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, that might yeah. be a good subject, actually. Yeah, yeah. make a note of that but, one. But I yeah. think a, a lot of, uh, I mean, the WWE helped promote the film. and Rick with, uh, Mickey Rourke was announced for actually WrestleMania and they kind of built up a oh, feud right. between him and Chris <laughs> Jericho where they were actually going to have a fight. Of course. Um, and a lot of ex-professional wrestlers um, are really, really big fans of it and love it and say that's pretty much the life, man. And yeah. then the few of them who were kind of still quite, um, you know, vocal supporters of, of the sport, um, kind of don't like it because it casts it's it is a it is a dark film i mean there are moments of hilarity and moments of joy but there's a it's not mind-numbingly depressing but you can watch it and you know it's only going to end up one way (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely so um yeah any any more on your number four there no, I think uh, I think that, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, okay. I really enjoyed the rest. I mean, there's a lot of films that came out around. It came out around, around about the same time as a film called The Fighter, which is a Mark Wahlberg film, which was kind mm. of slightly sort yeah. of similar. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of that kind of going on. A lot of that kind of Oscar bait film being made in about ten, yeah. twelve years ago. Well, you've got um, we've we've got interestingly. Um, I'm going to tell you what my number four is in a minute. We've got four different sports already covered here, which is interesting. Given that we thought boxing was going to dominate, and it still might have wrestling, a very large football, pool, and and whatever I'm about to come up with, which is not boxing, by the way, that's oh. yet to come for me. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that we've we've got to, football. By the way, there's quite a few. I, I think there was always a weak um, subgenre within sports. Sports, sports genre, I think, re- it's normally lends itself to hmm. that triumph over adversity of a single individual, and that you, yeah. and when it's a it's a team sport, it becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah, to make that's right. It. And football's not been that great on film. I think why they need to make a snooker of... film? Exactly. <laughs> but it, I mean, there's a lot of reasonable films. I think Fever Pitch is probably the best because it because it's not about yeah. the players. Uh, this is the thing, isn't it? It's an allegory. As you said, it's about the people who love the sport rather than the people yeah. participating in I it. I think it's my favorite. It's my favorite football film. I think the Damn United I really enjoyed as well. I thought that was yeah, that's a, that's a very good f- football film as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've, I'm switching sports, and it's not a sport I particularly go for as such. 
Um, but I do like a good film in any subject. Um, it's a film that has got more than one title. It's a recent one. Can you guess oh, what it I is? Know what, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah you, you're going to yeah. go for Le Mans 66, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. Or Ford the Americans Ferrari. Say. Because apparently they wouldn't be able to cope, or that's what the uh, the distributors thought, with the notion of a French title for a film that wasn't a French film. Oh, dear, oh, dear, if that's true. Anyway. It may (laughs) or may not be appearing again soon. It's brilliant. I mean, James Mangold, I mean, he started off, um, he just gets better with every film. So he did... Walk the line, well, three ten to you, man. He did walk the line, and then he did Logan, and then he did this, and yeah. it makes you think next year he's doing Indiana Jones. Maybe we're not in such bad hands after all, because this film is just brilliant. It's really, really good, isn't it? I, I had good notices, yeah, the, the general vibes before I went to see the film at the cinema, and I thought it was going to be a good film. I was expecting, you know, to go out and enjoy myself. I came away more more excited, more delighted than I've gone in, which was... Uh, I was genuinely blown away by this film. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah it's I mean, the it's true a... story of the American car designer, Carol Shelby, played by yeah. Matt Damon, and drive English driver, um, Ken Miles, played by, Cri- played by Christian Bale. Christian Bale. <laughs> um, and battling corporate interference and the laws of physics to build a revolutionary race car for Ford in order to defeat Ferrari at the 24-hour Le Mans race in 1966. And you you would think just two people arguing about how to put an engine together and someone coming on Ford saying you can't do that and then a bit (laughs) of racing at the end would not be that intense yeah. but all the power struggles and everything i mean it's yeah. this is a very tense film you're it's yeah. edge of your seats it's like a thriller almost you know yeah they're, they're clearly characters that love each other as friends but have an edgy relationship um there's some some great scenes behind yeah the, the peripheral incidental stuff is really well handled and that's what makes that's what makes makes this film so good i think all those bits that knit it together knit the key scenes together are also superb as you said christian bale is is brilliant in this so he's he's an actor who's played he's, a lot in hollywood british he's, actor of yeah. course but but he's um he's he's done a lot of hollywood stuff uh, like mark mark strong we were talking before but this this is um you know as an a-lister i think thereabouts and you know, when he's when he's on form, he's really on form. And in this, he's just superb. Um, it's it's based on real characters, so it's <clears throat> it's in, interesting depiction. I don't know how true to life it is. You never do with those sort of tales, do you? But um, it was just. I think, yeah, I think I mean, it's pretty much. I think a part of the end. I think he. Yeah, I think it was done. It wasn't one particular race, but it was over a few different ones. But I think for the for the most part, I think it's pretty much bang on. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the way I do like the look of sixties films when they're yeah, shot nicely. This has been shot as, well. as if it was a sixties. And film, it's it? not mm-hmm. just in America; they go to France, they go to Italy, and just the whole yeah. aesthetic is just—it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, the stuff with Ferrari. It's a bit like kind of Catch Me If I If You Can, which we spoke about in the in the Tom yeah. Hanks one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they they filmed it as if it was filmed in the sixties and. It's great. The Ferrari stuff, those sequences are great as well, isn't it? The yeah. interaction with the, with the Italians. Um, it's great. You really capture, as I said, you don't have to like the sports, and I don't particularly have a fondness for it. I don't mind it, but I don't really follow it. Yeah. But you, if a film is done well, whether it's a documentary or a fiction film, if it really captures you, I think anybody can tell a story about anything well enough to keep you interested if it's good. And this really yeah. is. So 
If you're into motor racing, if you're not, doesn't matter. Seriously, check this out. It's, but the racing, so think, racing scenes in it are probably the best kind of car chase racings hmm. I've seen. You can keep your Fast and Furious and your James Bond and everything. I mean, this is this just feels so much more real, doesn't you oh, know, did you? Sorry, did you just diss uh, James yeah. Bond? <laughs> well, I'm just saying in terms of the the, the kind of Carmageddon and the, the action scenes, the car scenes. <laughs> Carmageddon. It's, it's, it's next level, isn't it? You can it really, really is. feel it. It's none it's, of this stupid Fast and Furious stuff. This is no proper. Yeah. <laughs> you feel you engines. feel the bumps, don't you? You feel the bumps. It's. I think but people talked about Top Gun when that came out. But it's, oh, it's a great film. I never really rated Top Gun. Um, it's got a few classic lines in it. What it was, I, I appreciated. What it was good for is was the aerial photography. I thought that yeah. did look really good, and it did capture what that must it's be like for those guys. That, actually, the sequel to that. I know. Actually, that's an even longer mm. gap than between. Us I know. Yeah, yeah. And, There's uh, a few of those, and, and Mad yeah. Max as well got reprised. A few other, but but with with that, Gregory I, I and think... Gregory's two girls. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping um, the sports film theme there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's another one that's got a football um, edge to it, isn't it? In the story. Um, but yeah, it captured the photography, the aerial flights and stuff like that. And, and in this, it does the same with motor racing. It really yeah. makes you feel every bump. It makes you feel the tension, the nerves, the, well, the, the peril, the danger. And you, and you really, well. really, really, really what, I mean, he's, he's not your, he's not, a particularly nice person, Kristen Bale, in this. He's very, very focused, but you really root for him and you really, really want him to win. It's interesting because originally this was going to be a Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt film. I'm not quite sure who would have been playing who because I can't imagine either of them doing an English accent. Really, no. I can't, I just can't understand it. I think Matt Damon's like, I think not, Brad, Brad Pitt well. would be in the Christian Bale role, I'm thinking. But who I knows? Know. I don't think they're the right. They're, the, they're not the right characters. No, no, I don't no, think. Not at all. And, and fair play to Damon because he's, yeah, I mean, Bale's he's super, to be fair. Matt but, but Matt Damon is, yeah. He, in the last 10 years, actor. 15 years, he's really picked a lot. Really, his <clears> choice <throat> of films to make, apart from The Great Wall, um, have, have <laughs> all been really, really good. I mean, The Martian a couple of years ago. Hopefully, we'll get to talk about that at some point because that's probably one of my most favourite films of recent years. Yeah, it's a great film. Kids watch it the other day and they were like, "Oh, this is two and a half hours long." Oh, this they just sat transfixed through the whole thing. You've got the boring films. He's he's good, uh, even back to Dead Poets Society on that stuff. But he's always good. He's always solidly good. He's seen as a a movie star. You mentioned Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. They are movie stars first, and they are good actors. Aside from that. And I think um, Matt Damon, people think it's the same, but actually I'm wondering if it's more, yeah. I mean, he's set up as a movie star. That's what the media will say or the, the world will say. But I think he is more of a driven as an actor first. Yeah, definitely. Some, there's a differential, I think, between him, certainly between him and Cruz. Maybe not Brad Pitt, because Brad Pitt's also a good actor in the right roles. Yeah. But but I do think Damon is just, I think he's underrated because he looks the all-American oh, guy. So he doesn't look like anything edgy, but he's always good. And he's yeah. never, he's always watchable in absolutely everything that yeah. he's in. And uh, it's, it's a great film. Le Mans 66, as we call it. Um, and I, I I've it. got literally no interest whatsoever in car racing. And you don't have to. You're just drawn into it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Superb. Well, the beers are flowing nicely, Phil. Um, what have you been on today? I've, got, I've, I've got been drinking the. I need to go fill up again. I'm on the Beaver Town Neck Oil Session IPA, 4.3%. Uh, 
And that's wonderful. What are you on? I'm on something that sounds vaguely filmy, actually. Amityville uh, Horror. It's not quite that. It's Amity Brew Company uh, with a uh, a, um, hazy pale ale, which has been going down very well. And I have moved on to Amity Brew Company Sunny Bank American Pale. So there we go. Very nice. Going down a treat, actually. Did you need to refill at this point or should we carry on? Could we refill, please? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take a quick pause uh, for a comfort break. Phil, comfortably having another beer, that is. Yes. (laughs) And we'll be back after this short break. Well, Zoom has just told us recording is back in progress. Progress, as they said. And I've moved on to the Beaver Town Gamma Ray American Pale Ale. You're really beavering through this this uh, uh, at the moment. It's that you can have one beer and you can stop, and then you can have. And if you have two beers, mm. it, that's when it gets to the point where you are. Yeah, <laughs> what a third one now. Yeah, well, very nice. <laughs> um, uh, this is hair of the dog for me because, it, as we mentioned earlier, it's it's the day after the uh, England Germany game, the Euros, Euro 2020 in 2021, <laughs> and um, yeah. For the Americans I've, listening, that's a, a soccer tournament. <laughs> and, which is yeah, basically I mean, just European teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pro- proper sports. Just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um, it was a good night, and I'm still feeling the effects. But I am back on the beers, and good. it's delicious. Love it. Right. So we've done so, our fives. number three. We've done our fours. Number threes. Yeah. What have you got, Phil? So uh, all of mine seem to be quite recent films, and this is mm. going to continue. Uh, number three, I have gone for the 2011 film Moneyball. Ah, yes. here we go. This is another brilliant film. Um, and if there's any <laughs> excuse to put Aaron Sorkin in any of my top fives, I will do so. So anyway, um, this is the true story of Oakland A's as a baseball team's general manager, Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt in full on Brad Pitt mode. He's just the complete charming Brad Pitt that you see in Ocean's Eleven hmm. once upon a time in Hollywood. It's the same guy. Uh, and in his attempt to assemble a baseball team on a lean budget by employing computer-generated analysis to acquire new players. So it's back, yeah, it's a true story. Something that happened, I don't know, I think it must be about 20-odd years ago now, where mm. they started using more statistics and looking at players and analysing it and looking at player player values and then building a team around what statistics came out of that rather than mm. your tradi- traditional uh, scouting. So it also stars uh, and the whole cast of this film, which is just great. Um, it stars Robin Wright as uh, Bean's ex-wife, Jonah Hill, who's like the accountant statistics guy. And the Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt dynamic in this is just hilarious. I, I want to see more films of the two of them bouncing off each other. It's great. <laughs> Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's like the kind of grizzled old coach that doesn't like this new way of doing things. It must be one of his last roles, I'm presuming. Um, and Chris Pratt is like one of their players. Yeah. Um, and directed by Bennett Miller, who also did the wrestling movie Foxcatcher, and the uh, also starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, Truman uh, Hoffman film about Truman Capote called Capote. But yeah, yeah. it's it um, a little bit more history before I go start gushing about it. <laughs> Originally, this was going to be a Steven Soderbergh film, which was going to be kind of set in a documentary style with the real athletes um, portraying themselves with lots of real footage 
and it was going to be a really really arty film and mm. the studio didn't like it and gave him his marching orders brad pitt came on i think he became a producer steve zalian did a script and now steve zalian is also he's known for his his scripts he's done the irishman the night of tv series if you haven't seen that that's fantastic um american mm. gangster gangs of new york hannibal schindler's list well he's done all that he did a pass on it and then they got and brad pitt then got aaron sorkin probably my favorite well he, i don't know but i wouldn't say screenwriter but he's definitely writes the best dialogue outside of possibly Quentin careful Tarantino. don't give too much away phil we might want to do this as a subject later yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I, lo- I love sorkin as well he's oh, great he's, uh, and very good. he's just it, it's you can tell it's there in sorkin film because it's very witty it's very very yeah. intelligent it's very dialogue nothing wasted isn't it yeah, yeah yeah which is kind of classic hollywood it's old school hollywood in a way yeah nothing wasted tight tight storylines were told in efficient timing yeah uh, nominated for six oscars including best picture and adapted screenplay uh, brad pitt and jonah hill were both nominated i don't think he won any uh, but it's 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 one of these films i mean it's about you just follow brad pitt as he tries to buy it if you think of it i i mean i thought think of it in football terms of it's like your third division team yeah. then trying to compete with the premier league teams by by not using a scouting network or not looking on favours or getting old players, they're looking at just purely statistics. It was a, and it's quite revolutionary at its time, and and, it, and because it worked so successfully, I think Brad Pitt's character Billy Bean then got offered a lot of money to go and coach other places, but I think he stayed stayed there. And a lot of other other sort of sports now now, now do this kind of thing because yeah. it can save you millions and millions and millions because yeah. when you're obviously buying and trading players quite often your heart rules your head and if you've got some yeah, statistics right. in front or of you, you go with the flow you go with the popular choices the ones people know are, are desirable you go for it and obviously you pay over the odds maybe yeah. if it's in a, if it's an english um, acquisition system as opposed to the american draft system it's being used in in football over here in the uk um Clubs like Brentford, who have just gone into the Premier League, yeah. use it, use a version of it. Um, I think to some extent Brighton do as well, actually. Um, yeah, a version of it anyway. The concept of getting utilising um, unseen things behind the scenes, isn't it? It's looking at stats, recognising patterns that aren't obvious to the yeah. eye data or mining, to the basic scouting yeah. reports. Yeah, data mining. Yeah, as you said. Yeah, and yeah, it's an interesting concept. It's a real thing. Billy Bean, as you said, is a real and it guy. Really, and it worked. It really worked. It worked. Yeah. They went on a kind of record-winning streak, the likes that have kind of never really been seen. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's... And, it, yeah. And, you, and it, you you start really cheering for him when it doesn't work mm. to begin with and when it works for him. I mean, Brad Pitt, it's, it's difficult not to like him when he's in this kind of... Yeah. This sort of performance. This, this kind of mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, interesting concept, interesting idea. It was a, a much hype film. And a lot of people did talk it up when it first came out. I actually, not for that reason, but in general, for some reason, I'm not sure why I didn't actually watch it when it first came out, which is very unusual for a high profile yeah. film that had decent credentials to it. Um, I only got around to seeing it about three years ago, I think. And um, yeah, I liked it. It's Brilliant. Um, it's a very good film. It's a very good film. Um, very well put together. Yeah. It hasn't made my top five. It was another one of the films that was sitting there around around the number five potential spot. Um, I have to say, you're looking disappointed, Phil. 
you look very disappointed. But, well, yeah, you it, know, we can't have the same things. And exactly. I'm still no. waiting for my Polish black and white sporting film that you're going to do <laughs> shortly. No, 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 not on this one. Um, we I'm have, expecting one black and white nothing. film. <laughs> Another black um, and white film. There is, there might be a black and white film in here, possibly. We'll see. Um, it's not Polish. I can, I can reveal. Um, we haven't yeah. had any matches at all yet, have we? Um, much as we, we have, appreciated yeah. each other's choices, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that's um, an interesting one. And yeah, it's a, it's a great film. It's, it's well worth it's, watching. Yeah, it's quite. If, it, it's if it's a Saturday it's night good. and you want to just sit down and watch, yeah, a really <laughs> exactly. easy to watch and genuinely enjoyable feel-good film, you could do a lot worse. Is that a feel-good film or a feel-good film? Either. <laughs> Both work. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, you're right. It's a Saturday popcorn film, either at home or in the cinema. It's, it's it's a popcorn type of film, isn't it? In a good way. Yeah. In a, not annoying people when there's a serious film on kind of way. You can relax, enjoy it, and, and it, it's, it's highly like entertaining. Any other Aaron Sorkin film, I don't know. I'd be, I don't know how much involvement he has in this kind of thing, but it's it's kind of quite an ensemble cast, and they're all absolutely fantastic. I think yeah. people up um, their game when the, when the quality of the writing's that good. Yeah, I mean, so far you've gone for you've gone for Fever Pitch and the Wrestler, um, relatively new and quite new. I've gone okay. The Hustler's an older one. I've gone for Le Mans, which is only from 2019, so a couple of years old. Um, you've now plumped for Moneyball, which is sorry, which year was it? Again? 2011. So it's 10 2011. Years old. Yeah, yeah. And and my my next one is um, I think from yeah, it's from the from this millennium as well. Um, 2004 film. Um, it's changing sports again. Six different sports out of six. This is great, isn't it? Yeah. This is where it might get into a little bit of a samey territory here, I feel. Okay. Um, um, because I've gone with... Yeah, I mean, maybe there's something interesting about the fact we pick a lot of newer films. It says something about the genre, doesn't it? But anyway, I think we will be having a discussion quite soon, possibly, about cliché and how people yeah. have tried to subvert genre recently. But yes. Exactly. Well, okay, here's my number three then. It's it's a film by a long-standing filmmaker, both as an actor and director. It's Million Dollar Baby by the great Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. 2004, uh, a determined woman works with a hardened boxing trainer to become a professional is quite simply the way it's described on IMDb. They say no more than that. Um, yes. In, I mean, there's a lot more to the story than that, of course, but that, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, you can yeah. imagine the scenario if you haven't seen the film. She's there trying to make, uh, create some attention. She and, works and, in a diner by day and then just... Yeah, trains really, really hard yeah. in the evening because Clint Eastwood, he's kind of a legendary trainer towards the end of his career, and she's trying to catch his eye. Yeah, and he's long in the tooth, and he's he's got long his tooth, and his assistant Clint Eastwood is, is, is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Who's, yeah, both of them are fantastic. So you got two old timers, two old handers, uh, and then you've got this young girl. Um, well, the Hillary actress Hilary Swank. Yeah. Um, I think she'd been in stuff before, but she wasn't very well known before that, was she? No, she hasn't and been in much. Well, she hasn't been in much yeah, of quali- been, quality since. Yeah, it's, it's been a mixed bag. She's for been her. in a few things. Think, yeah, it hasn't gone as well as it might have done for her, I think. No. But she's been in some decent stuff as well. Yeah. But she is an interesting figure, as in literally a figure, because she's quite very skinny she's as well, yeah. which adds this incongruous element of does she look like a boxer? I mean, she looks fast on her feet because she's skinny. But she doesn't look like a typical obvious image of a boxer. You might imagine, 
from say for example if you if you look at the real female boxers that are on the scene at the moment um they they tend to have tougher looks about them she doesn't particularly except for a very hardened look on her face i think it's good casting because she's i think the fact she's not not well known at this point is yeah. is probably a good thing for a film like this i think she's great in the role she looks she's got that look of grim determination that you want for that sort of character and that sort of role it is to some degree a bit of a cliche scenario it, that's sense. why it didn't i do like this mm. film yeah uh, and it didn't it didn't make my list because I th- it's a difficult thing in sports films that you want your underdog to win but if mm. they just win everything then it's really boring film yeah and this takes on a different turn, doesn't it? And yeah. we won't go into details, of course. If someone happens not to have seen this, we don't want to spoil it for them. But uh, it gets quite poignant as well. Um, and it's, I wouldn't say it's a thing that I particularly dislike about Clint Eastwood, but there are some samey elements to his filmmaking. He's got a few traits. We might get into him as a film director yeah. in the future, maybe. But he, that particularly in his later works from sort of Unforgiven afterwards, he does have a tendency to make solid dramas that are maybe a bit longer than they need to be. Yeah. They're always long, whether they should be or not. They're always quite long. They have certain um, motifs. He's quite often in his own films, which is fair enough because he's yeah. an actor. But but he um, he plays these hardened, long-in-the-teeth characters who are yeah. not for bending, and then they are bent into the shape of the younger aspirational character whatever it might be thinking of Gran Torino for example yes, is, is yeah, one, it's a similar, one example. similar sort of thing and in terms of his his direction it's it's nothing that's going to astound you or nothing amazing hmm. but it, it feels workmanlike more than anything else but for him it's more about the performances than yeah. the kind of life scale absolutely yeah and one other sports made, film of his that I've watched uh, recently was um, also starring Morgan Freeman was Invictus about yes. rugby. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that was another one that I enjoyed for me, both uh, million dollar baby and um, Invictus were kind of seven out of 10 films. They, mm. they were, they were, they were very well, very professional, very well, well played. Again, mm. Matt Damon in Invictus was great. Um, but they didn't really have that real, real spark that had me punching the air that certain yeah, other films yeah. might do. I, I'd go seven for Invictus. I did enjoy that as well. And eight for uh, for this one. But, I mean, if you look at this film since Unforgiven, he did a perfect world, which was interesting. It was good. Yeah. It had a young protagonist versus an older f- figure. It wasn't starring Clint Eastwood, but effectively it was the same kind of thing. But that was that was good, but it was way too long. Yeah. Bridges of Madison County, I don't think I've seen. Absolute oh, power no, I haven't seen. No, yeah, I've not no. seen either of those. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, the same true crime. There's a few other films. And There's, then he comes into Mystic River, which was solid yeah. and good. From then, he's um, been on quite a bit of a, a yeah. good run. He had The Blues, which I don't... I, oh, I yes, I did see that. That's like a part of a miniseries on music. Then he did Million Dollar Baby in 2004, um, a film called Flags of Our Fathers in that, that, He did that, that in the Iwo Jimmo. Iwo Iwo Jimo, Jimo, sorry, yeah, excuse my year. pronunciation. So he did that that that, that battle, That's right. one from the American mm. side and one from the Japanese side. One from the side. Japanese side, yeah, was, which was I thought both of those were excellent. I thought yeah. the Japanese one was the more interesting yeah. one. And and then you've got Changeling, you've got Gran Torino, which we've mentioned, you've got Invictus, yeah. which we've mentioned. Hereafter, Jay Edgar, Jersey Boys, American Sniper, Sully, um, Sully fifteen really seventeen enjoyed. to yeah, fifteen seventeen to Paris, The Mule, 
Richard Jewell, which I thought was a really good film, and Prime Macho, it. which is it's not a dead thing out here yet. Yeah. Um, he's still, I mean, he's, films, not, he's 90 this year, I think. He's still yeah. making films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's good. I mean, I, I, I think his politics are questionable. I think he's one of those actors. He definitely like, has um, questionable politics, but at the same time, He's the mm. one making a film about apartheid and about female boxers. So yeah, well, exactly. You don't want to criticise him too much. Exactly. So That's the interesting flash. Easy, easy yeah. kind of sort of, sort of thing bit, to kind of paint him with. It's a bit different to to other filmmakers or actors, isn't it? Where you you, you think, oh, disappointingly too right wing, but uh, you, you you know, famously people like John Wayne. Um, yeah. you, you have James Stewart, surprisingly, a little bit. Charlton Heston. There's a few other people like yeah. that who are quite right wing. And Walter Brennan, who we mentioned as one of those every back backstory side character guys, yeah. they're quite right wing. I think Eastwood is very much a Republican, but he's he does seem to have liberal sensibilities, doesn't he? His films yeah. show that, and this this has that as well. It, it, I think it has a heart, Million Dollar Baby, and I think it's very poignant. And I think it goes somewhere which is quite quite dark in a very just dark. an all yeah. yeah just in a in a matter of fact yeah this is life kind of way um but i i liked it i i gave it that extra point i gave it gave it the eight out of ten because um for me it just had it left me feeling quite affected afterwards maybe that bit more possibly than you did i don't know maybe maybe but yeah that was my number three i think i I did feel like that but at the same time it was nothing that i hadn't seen before yeah i did i I did genuinely enjoy it Hmm, fair play yeah Okay, well there we go. Yep. So we've done we've done our five to threes. Just to sum up what we've got so far, then. So at number five, you went I for the fever pitch. pitch. I went for the hustler. Number four, you went the for wrestler, and I went for Le Mans sixty six. Uh, you don't have to say the sixty six bit in French because it you isn't don't actually a have French to say film. the S of Le Mans either. You only pronounce the S if it's got. A vowel all right, all it. right. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh yes. Well, whatever. Spot the whatever. guy with the French wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point yeah yeah you should be getting that right shouldn't you and at number three you've gone for i went for Moneyball. yeah for a moment there you've forgotten hadn't you? and i went for million dollar baby so we've got six different sports so far that's probably going to run out films. of luck on that we are so, films, so yeah, for, yeah. for number two i had le mans 66 Oh, right. Okay. Okay. As, Lovely. As, as, as you might have seen me getting quite excited talking about it earlier. I yep. only watched that. I mean, it only came out two years ago, and I think I only mm. watched it last year. And I want to watch it again. So I probably <laughs> will do it again soon. Fair play. I gutted yeah. I missed it on the big screen because I would have liked to have seen it there. Excellent. Beautiful. Good Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so right back to you for number two, I'm afraid. Yeah, exactly. No worries at all. So I've gone for one of the big boys. I've gone. This is where we are finally into boxing territory. We're, we're into... We, we were having the discussion before this of, how, of we're gonna, when we were originally setting out on our uh, sporting movie journey. How many boxing films are we going to have? We're both going to have loads of boxing films. And it didn't really come sort of end up that way in the end. Yeah, well, I, I've got obviously a million dollar baby at number three, but yeah. when I say um, we're getting into boxing territory, this really is getting into boxing territory. This is very much about the sport, I think, more than million dollar baby is. It's, I mean, well, they both yeah. are about the sport, but you know, it really is. Yeah. It's about him. It, it, it's Rocky. Uh, it's about 
yeah, Adrian, Mr. Adrian, I love you. <laughs> uh, I love this film. I think it's brilliant. What what I love about it is multifold. You could say um, it's first of all a film which I'm trying to see the year. Yeah, 1976. I thought it was. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. yeah. Uh, directed by John G. Adelson, I think it's pronounced. Um, produced by Robert Shartoff and Erwin Winkler, who is one of those names that pops up in so many films in that era. Screenplay by Bill Sylvester Stallone, wasn't it? Indeed, yeah, yeah. And of course, um, he is the Isn't main. Is Irving Winkler the Fonz, or did I get that wrong? No, that's um, that's um, a different guy. That's uh, I've forgotten his name oh, okay. now. Yeah, a similar name. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, no. But, um, so the cast is Stallone, of course. Talia Shire, who also is a yeah a figure of Godfather fame. Burt Young, who plays the well, Rocky's brother-in-law, doesn't he? Um, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. You've got to love Burgess Meredith. The Riddler. Well, mainly, from, mainly, no, no, sorry. The, um, in, no, the Joker. In Batman. The Joker, Joker in Batman, Batman TV yeah. series, yeah. Um, Carl Weathers, of course. Yeah. Um, is, is Apollo legend. Creed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then a, a whole host of other people in there. Um, but um, just seeing if there's any interesting uh, side characters um, that I haven't noticed, but no, there isn't. Um, Oscar nominations. We should mention yeah. that first. Sylvester Stallone for the screenplay um, as actor. Burt Young as actor in a supporting role. Burgess Meredith as an actor in a supporting role. Talia Shire for the actress role. Bill Conti, Carol Connors, Anion Robbins for song. Harry W. Tetrick, William L. McCauley from uh, Lyle J. Burbage and Bud Alpha for sound as well, for what it's worth. Um, lots of Oscar nominations. Yeah. This is the film I saw. I can't remember when I saw it the first time. I was probably fairly young. Um, saw it a few times. It was on TV a few times. Yeah. It's a, your classic American dream thing, isn't it? it is. There's a guy from nowhere who can fight his way to the top against adversity. It uses sports to accentuate that whole American dream notion, doesn't it? Um, what I didn't know was, until I'd seen it a few times, well, a couple of times maybe, um, I hadn't realised that he'd written it as well, which yeah. was impressive. because I think he spent look... quite a long time trying to shop his script around and get himself cast in it before they eventually... Yeah. Yeah. So this was his ahead. baby. It's it, that's yeah. his thing, and yeah, I mean, it's I been his baby first, ever since. Really, let's be honest. We're we're coming up for our ninth Rocky mm. film now. Yeah, and he he's a guy who you look at him and you think, oh, he's just your action star. He, there's not much about him apart from he's got an action presence in films. That's what you think, isn't it? When you look at Sylvester yeah. Stallone, when you see these written, you think, okay, yeah, it is a conventional story as such, but still, it's well it's well scripted. It's it's your um, your classic tale to to use the quote from Thousand and One Films you should see before you die. Short on brains, long on brawn and heart. John G. Avelson's Rocky catapulted the floundering career. Ooh, was a bit yeah. harsh of Sylvester Stallone into the stratosphere. I can't remember it being anything before this. He was in a load of cheesy action films, yeah. So I think he, but he was he in a load of cheesy some... film action films afterwards. I mean, you know, Tango and Cash <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. and Cobra and uh, yeah. the, the arm wrestling film over the top. Oh, God, yeah. I've about that. Well, you couldn't make an arm wrestling action <laughs> film now, could you? <laughs> that was the 80s. No. Or could you? Anything's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it goes on to say, at the same time, it reaped unprecedented box office sales, established a movie franchise. Of course, it's gone on to spurn yeah. many sequels. Um, and it's it uh, spurned many imitators as well. 
Exactly, yeah. And it, it landed a one-two punch of jock stereotypes, as you've just said, as rich with caricature today as they were riveting performances in 1976. The story centres on Rocky Balboa, Stallone, a boxer beyond his prime. He falls in love with Adrian Talia Shire, the sister of his friend, Paulie, but played by Burt Young, and then works to earn the respect of his trainer, Mickey, played by Burgess Meredith. On the receiving end of the publicity stunt, he eventually gets a chance to unseat Apollo Creed, played by Carl Weathers, the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. This itself is a ridiculous conceit. The, the, yeah. the fact that you'd, you'd have a chance at the champion on that yeah, basis after, is after running around catching chickens yeah. <laughs> in New York or running exactly. up steps in Philadelphia, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it Philadelphia or Washington? I can't remember. Oh, I, can't I, think it's Philadelphia. I think it's Philadelphia, yeah. yeah. Um, scored with Bill Conti's pulsing trumpet blasts and percussive um, rumble. The Rocky score is, immensely, is fantastic. It's, it's an immensely um, entertaining drama about struggling for satisfaction in an indifferent world as the combined story work of former Muhammad Ali opponent Chuck Wagner and Italian stallion Sylvester Stallone, the now famous actor-writer, proved versatile and tenacious. Writing the script, he connected its sale um, to his participation in the lead role, despite being virtually unknown at the time. So that ties in with what you said, Phil. A desperate or inspired bid, he hit the grand slam and became one of Hollywood's uh, biggest superstars. And it says the film is often overlooked as schmaltz, especially considering Stallone's subsequent career yet rocky lovingly details the white working class rocky um i've lost my way uh it's gone it's gone but it doesn't matter anyway the the point is yeah it's it's a man from nothing who's making his way up you've mentioned the score it's pretty famous isn't it it's one of the as soon as you hear i actually had that as my alarm clock about 15 years ago because the idea was <laughs> when i woke up in the morning i'll just get up and start shadow boxing it. but Love it, it didn't really work like that <laughs> brilliant no but fair play it was worth a try film um yeah it, it's a seminal classic it's got it, some classic images as you said the running up the steps getting to the top jogging on the spot and just looking up at the world and um you've got the, the famous fight scenes of course and yeah. the, the triumphal triumphant moments um and you've got the score i think the score is probably the most famous yeah. thing about it along with the general image of, of, of um, stallone in it um i think it, the problem it, that rocky it is a classic it's a brilliant film the problem that it's got is that so a it's had to date seven sequels i think so you've got two three four five rocky balboa creed creed and creed two and i think they're yeah. making creed three now <laughs> it's like one of these bands that like kind of never split up there and mm. so they're they're never away so yeah. you kind of don't look back on it with any nostalgia or fondness because yeah it's a true rocky film it shouldn't, think, yeah it shouldn't cloud your judgment of the original i think sylvester sloan's also obviously become a bit of a figure of fun and mm. yeah I, and it, it has been very very much imitated it set a template that a mm. lot of films, when we come to our honourable mentions later, there'll be a lot of boxing films on it. And they're, they, they're they all compared to Rocky. Rocky, you know, it's not like any Rocky's compared to any of them. Rocky was the, the front runner. It basically set a whole new genre almost in the kind of yeah. boxing as a metaphor for life, overcoming adversity 
etc etc you know yeah. and then the I mean, slow they've, motion they've been boxing the films before haven't they you'd have Burt Lancaster and Kurt Douglas and other actors in some pretty good gritty black and white 40s 50s films um I think there's one called The Fighter there's one uh is it uh Bad and the Beautiful that's a boxing subject I can't remember okay. that but there's there's been three or four yeah well-known decent but this nailed it let's stories. be honest yeah because it, it, as you said, it, it completely epitomised the American dream, didn't it? In in a metaphorical sense, uh, as you said, the white working class guy who comes from nothing, who fights his way up, he gets a ludicrous opportunity, which um, it's it's a little unbelievable. But then, of course, and of course, as the stories can continue to unfold through the sequels, he battles back from all sorts of adversity. He comes up against a Russian machine who Rocky seems to be virtually more, more a robot than a real man. I remember oh, seeing Mr. that T, in the cinema. In... Yeah, Rocky Three was Mr. T, wasn't it? Yeah. Apollo Creed was Rocky, T- Colwell was Pete Rocky Sucker. Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the A-team guy, of course, Mr. T. And yeah. um, I, I saw Rocky Five. That that was a truly dreadful film. It's absolutely appalling. They should have given up there. Then they did Rocky actually... Balboa, which I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen that. I, I know we, we spoke off there just briefly about Creed, and I, I don't mind it. I thought that was a decent, I, decent I enough did film. Not, I, I, it, again, it was nothing I hadn't seen before. Yeah. It was well acted. It was well directed, but it offered nothing new to the genre whatsoever. And mm. you always know, pretty much knew what was going to happen next. And I, I, I just thought it was driven, yeah. basically. It's better than most of the sequels, <laughs> which puts it up there. But then, oh, again, yeah, is yeah, there yeah, any yeah, real yeah. point at all? Yeah, that's the question. So, yeah, so that's my number number two. I, I don't think there's any more to say, really, about that. I think, unless you've got any more to yeah. add, Phil? No, no, a fine number two. It didn't yeah. make my top five. I think Ooh. because of what we've Ooh. mentioned, because it's been copied so much yeah. and it, it hasn't dated that well, um, in terms yeah. of it's been oft imitated since and it's been ripped yeah. off so much that when you go back and watch it now, you think eh, a yeah. little yep. bit. The other bit is the Burt Young's character is a nasty piece of work, isn't he, actually? He's quite a, quite an unpleasant character, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's quite an abusive uh, figure, isn't he? Um, so, uh, yeah. So on that basis, we're going to leave a drum roll. We're going to have a quick break just to keep you hanging babies uh, before we get into our number ones which may or may not be the same film we're going to find out in just a moment but please stay tuned after this short interval ladies and gentlemen so we're back we're up to number one we've done it a bit different to normal we normally do Fives to threes, have a break, then do two and one. We've we've mixed yeah, it we've up got a, a bit. First we? one tonight. I've just opened yeah, the brew dog yeah. dead pony. Very nice. Who have too. you now, Philip? Very nice. Well, I'm I'm still on the Amity Brew Company um, American Pale, but I have got this lineup which I've already showed you off air, and um, yeah, I hear you like it. Dexter, it's the salted caramel, and what a lovely tin as well. Brilliant. The beer yeah. design on tins is great for craft ale. It's superb. I've got that coming up in a minute, but I'm just finishing my Amity first. Um, as I do so, yeah, normally we do the fives to threes, have a break, then do twos and ones. We had a little bit of a mini break earlier than normal. And we've we're had, now we've had so the... many. Um, normally we have a few more of the same films. So we've had, some, yeah. we've had more films we, to talk about. We really haven't here, have we? And it does sound, from what you've just said, as if I, you don't have either of my top two films yes i'm I'm pretty sure i know what your top one is 
<laughs> and I have similar so feelings to that that I do to your number two. And for my I for my number one, I've gone for a film that made a worldwide gross of just twenty three million dollars. I've gone for a film that The Guardian said had a lunkhead plot and rudimentary characters. <laughs> oh, and go I've on, gone for a tell film me more. That I think is absolutely brilliant, and as far as I'm concerned, is the best sports film ever made. And I've gone for the 2011 film Warrior. I don't oh. even know if you've seen this. Do you know what? I've not seen it. I don't think I've seen it anyway. Tell me more, just in case. I'm, so I've surely haven't. The youngest son played by an almost monosyllabic and thoroughly enthralling Tom Hardy um, of an alcoholic former boxer played um, by Nick Nolte, who was Oscar nominated, returns home from the army under sort of dubious circumstances where he's trained by his dad for an MMA, that's mixed martial arts tournament, which puts him on a collision course with his estranged older brother played by Joel Edgerton who's a school teacher struggling to provide for his family. Yes, I, I have seen it. I have seen it. Oh, I yeah. loved this yeah. film. I'd forgotten about this film. And I, that sounds like damning condemnation. It's not. I, it's a, one of those weird anomalies where I've forgotten. This the is film a film that that's got every yeah, single cliche, every single cliche in it that you see in all of the other films. But for some, yeah. well, I, might, I don't know if it particularly rang a bell with me, but for some reason, I just thought this just surpassed everything else. I think what you've got here is it's not often you have a kind of fight. It's normally a fight film where you have two underdogs and mm. you're rooting for both of them and you know they're going to have to fight each other at the end. And well, that and is interesting. And they're two with, such it? different characters. One is just a, a, a near mindless thug, you think. <laughs> and one is the, the really, really nice, like, you know, playing with his kids, school teacher, dad, and you know that they're on their, their you know where you only know where it's going to end and it's going to be in a fight between the two of them. And I remember watching this film and just thinking halfway through it, thinking, oh, this is like like most of these films, it's about two and a half hours long or whatever. A lot of these films are, are quite long. Um, and halfway through thinking, God, I'm halfway through it already. I don't want this to end. I could watch hours and hours and hours of this because the fight scenes in it are brutal. So, I mean, the, the MMA stuff in this, but just the, the training and the, you, you, although you kind of know what's going to happen, you're never quite sure. And it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. So it's directed by um, Gavin O'Connor, who's also known for quite a lot of TV stuff, but he's made a couple of films, Pride and Glory, The Accountant. I think he also wrote the story and the script. Um, Nick Nolte was Oscar nominated for this. Um, no, I don't think he got much other awards attention. But this is a one that it's it has other themes. It's estrangement, alcoholism, redemption, reconciliation. It's got all of that going because you basically had a family which split down the middle at some point 15 years before or so where the younger brother and the dad split from the older brother and the mum and they've had no contact ever, literally ever since. And then they're kind of thrown back against each other. And I mean, Tom Hardy in this is, he, he did so much training for this film. It was the film that he did before he did the Dark Knight Rises where he played Bane and was absolutely massive. Well, the reason he was massive because of all the training he did for this. I mean, his neck wouldn't fit through any of my t-shirts he's absolutely huge <laughs> and he really <laughs> looks the part and he acts the part 
where he just, you know, evil. <laughs> my, my cat, my cat has invaded the screen, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's, you're probably going to hear some meowing, but she's all right. I think she'll, she'll be all right as long as her. As long as she just sits still. Sorry, carry on. So, Phil. yeah, so this is a film. It, it <laughs> does have, it, it, it? <laughs> it has a lot of similarities with Rocky, the wrestler, the fighter. Um, it's bit, uh, but there's just something about this one that I just think just made it, it just gave it that, that I think it was the having the two brothers and having two underdogs just made it feel a little bit fresh and being mixed martial arts, something I know nothing about whatsoever, mm. which also lent itself to be even more violent. Which made it appeal to me even more. I just on that on that film. note, can I just digress slightly? So I you no made me think. Films. Actually, <laughs> you have. Yeah, you've got. Ironically, you were saying I'm going to have to limit myself to two boxing films. You've ended up with none. No, wow, I know. that's interesting. But what I was going to say was, um, where do you draw the line on sport? Because I know for a fact that you, like I, really, really love the raid films. Could yeah. you not argue the case that those are sport films of a sort? The I, I guess it's got to have a yeah because it's you know they're, they're doing the Indonesian arts, action film no but no I mean <laughs> there are there are martial arts films which involve tournaments mm. so you've it's got, got to involve got tournaments isn't it yeah or, or but of which there are plenty sort. so you've got it man one two three and four mm. Donnie Yen he's the man but I mm. um I didn't include any um kung fu films at all because that's a whole other i mean shaolin soccer was another one i was thinking (laughs) i thought you were going to mention that at some point (laughs) um but i thought i'm just going to keep the kung fu completely out of this i'm just going to go for mostly american um you 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 kind of rocky rocky (laughs) ripoffs you know yeah yeah fair enough but yeah Uh, i mean if you haven't seen this film and you don't mind watching some brutal action um and a real, a real kind of exhausting film that will wear on your nerves and wear you down until you're just remaining a shallow husk at the end. I cannot recommend this enough. It did get Brilliant. a lot of good reviews. It wasn't just the Guardian slagged it off, but I mean, Empire Magazine gave it five stars. Well, two things I really love here. I love your choice because that's very off the wall and that's going to really shock some listeners, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, it shocked me, to be honest. Um, Secondly, the cat has settled down, just so you know. She's sitting there Hello, mate. behaving herself. <laughs> um, here's a girl, but you can call girls mate. That's the thing now, isn't it? Now, yeah, it's not a problem. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is um, this drink I've just had, the one you said you've had, the Dexter salted Beautiful, caramel, is absolutely brilliant. Um, if anybody who happens to be listening who's, who's from that brewing company... Uh, let us know. You can sponsor us. We're not going to mention it again because we want sponsorship. Why sponsor us? Just give us beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want. Yeah, yeah you have we to want, pay us in money beer. just in beer. Yeah. That's 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 or how we live. Or even just discount. That'd be good enough. <laughs> so you've gone for that. Um, I'm going to let you tell the listeners what my number one is because I'm almost 100% sure. Well, your number for. one is Raging Bull. <laughs> Let's not mess oh about. God, how did you get that right? <laughs> Yes, I've gone for three boxing films in a row. I have to say, I don't feel proud of myself. It's a a little bit simplistic going for three boxing films in a row. But I'm sure listeners will agree this. It's ridiculous that Phil doesn't have this in his top five. Everybody must agree. I know. I, I, how is that not one of the best five? I watched it again recently and it wasn't as good as I remember it. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. And if you've ever seen that Harry Enfield sketch, 
where they've pretended to redub Goodfellas. And they're like, did you find my wife? But with, with the rubbish <laughs> dubbing. No, I didn't find your wife. Did you find my wife? No, I didn't find... That, that's, that ruined Raging Bull for me forever, I think. Um, it's, it's a brilliant film. It's really, really well done. It was a really important film in Martin Scorsese's uh, career. But I think he's done a lot better uh, since. And I really don't like um, De Niro's character in it very much. And you started to get on my nerves towards him. Oh, he's he's very objectionable. That's to say the least. In a sports film, I want someone I can root for, you know. So Mm. I want Christian Bale in... Le Mans 66 to yeah, I mean, win. It's, it, I want in Moneyball, um, I want Brad Pitt's team to win the World Series. Or in Warrior, you want both of the weird underdog both of guys to win. win. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In this film, it was just, yeah, even in The Wrestler, I, I, I wanted Mickey Rourke to win. In this, it's just, yeah. For me, this film. I think Scorsese is, is eclipsed. Sorry to interrupt. I think Scorsese has mm-hmm. just eclipsed this and done similar topics so much better since, in the 40 years since, that mm-hmm. although it's an important film, I don't think it's as good as its reputation is. Well, and without a shadow of a doubt, we will, we will get on to Scorsese yeah. as subject in one, in a later episode. Maybe for quite a bit further down the line. I'm not sure. I, 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 this is not just a, a, Raging Bull, I have similar feelings about Mean Streets as well. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I much prefer his work from Goodfellas on. And does that make That's me sound like, really, really, yeah. really like a real peasant? <laughs> um, no, it's just very curious, actually, because I, um, I think he's made some superb... I don't think he's been at his best sometimes, but not always at his best since good fellas um that's going to be an interesting topic we'll isn't to, it more we'll than i thought it was going to be point, yeah. yeah i mean nailed on that's going to always that was always going to be one of the subjects that's going to come up yeah. um yeah Rachel, but i mean one thing you've said there before i go into the description for anyone that doesn't have, for some reason know this film um i've got to say it's a bit unconventional because yes you've got the chief protagonist it's based on a real figure yeah. jack lamotta and he's not a likable guy at all, really. Let's be honest. Let's cut to the chase here. He's got one or two redeeming features, but overridingly, he's not a nice guy. And it's depicted in the film. Um, he is the, the guy who's very much at the heart of this story. There's one or two other key characters in it, but it's really driven by him, his presence, his personality. Um, it's brilliant, brilliantly it's, portrayed oh, Robert, by De Niro. Robert De Niro is, is amazing. It's De Niro in his and, peak, and, isn't it? The whole, the, when you see him when he's young and fit and old and fat, and yeah, these were filmed yeah. like you know weeks apart, he yeah. is absolutely you know. Yeah, it, it's again, it's it's Mickey Rourke again, isn't it? It's, it's method acting. He's he's really gone the extra yards. He's he famously went to Italy, put on tons of weight. He just yeah. ate, ate tons of pasta for months on end, apparently to to fatten himself up that. to the level of the later Jack LaMotta <laughs> character. Yeah. Yeah, we've done it. I've seen done the training reasons. bit. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah, just general slovenliness. Yeah. Yes. Right. That doesn't count, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Joe uh, Pesci's yeah, fantastic in this as well. Pesci's always devastatingly scary, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. Even in My Cousin Vinny, I was scared yeah. of, of, of Joe Pesci. Um, short man syndrome, dangerous guy, short with a hang-up. 
and, and, a, and a, a penchant yeah. for stabbing people in the in the head with pens or something. Um, that's that's what he's usually about. But in, in this, he's it's a slightly different. different this. That, I mean, it? his yeah. characters that's in what's Good, interesting. Goodfellas and Casino yeah. are pretty much the same character. Whereas in this, he, he, yeah. he's he's yeah. more of the calming influence. He's a he's a yeah. brother who's trying to look after yeah. his career. Yeah, in a way, it's a flip to um, to Rocky, isn't it? Actually, because yeah. Rocky, you've got the brother-in-law is is the horrible guy. Yeah. Rocky's the favourable guy. You've you flipped it around with this film. I don't think that's a deliberate flip, but uh, that that's an interesting thing I hadn't actually thought of before. But I mean, yeah, you've got you've got an unfavourable protagonist. You've got an unconventional narrative in some senses. That you've got some avant-garde filmmaking, as it was at the time. The the, the fight scenes famously distort the size of the boxing ring through camera pulls and focus and yeah. and the camera angles very skillfully accentuate it's 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 a master in black and white filmmaking. in case we hadn't mentioned that another black and white film yes exactly yeah. i've got two in my five you noticed that yeah. bill yeah <laughs> i had yeah. to that's really why i went for the hustler at number five <laughs> anyway um <laughs> had to get two out of five um yeah. But it's it's a, again it's a film that does suit black and white. It, I think it adds something else to not just because it's a historical story going back a little a few decades, but also for the fact that it um, it just seems to suit it. I think it's beautiful cinematography. It's coarse, it's harsh, but it's beautiful. Those those fight scenes are famous. It, they've been wax lyrical about. They've, they've been, been copied, uh, over, ripped off a lot. Well, copied, ripped off, and they've been over over. Um, well, basically, uh, praise, haven't they? Yeah. To the point where it gets a little bit over the top. However, it is a film of absolute magnitude. US, 129 minutes. It's a 1980 film, by the way, uh, for anyone that doesn't know. Scorsese, the director. Erwin um, Winkler's name comes up as one of the two producers on this, by the way. Just uh, there he is again, that same era. Uh, and he's definitely not the Fonz, just to clarify yeah. that again, in case anyone was unsure. <laughs> Screenplay, Paul Schrader, of course. Uh, Henry Winkler, that's the films. It's yes, that's it, that's it, yeah. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Well, apparently my <laughs> iPhone is wondering what I'm asking now. Obviously doesn't sure like talking about the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a very surreal moment. Oh, you've got to love yes. it. This is the beauty of live broadcasts or whatever, not, not broadcast recording. Um. But anyway, yes, as I was saying, Paul Schrader, of course, Taxi Driver fame, amongst yeah. other things, um, was one of the screenplay guys. Mardik he, he wrote all that early Scorsese stuff, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's it. Taxi a few Driver other people on there as well. Photography is worth a mention here. Michael Chapman, because it, it is it is superb. Music is credited as Pietro Mascagni, which is, of course, the classical uh, score that you hear during the film. Yeah, uh, fam- I'm not going to try and emulate it here in, in my from my own fair lips, but um, you'll know the tune if you hear it. Yeah. It's very famous. It's beautiful music, um, and it's one of a number of times where Scorsese uses, in a sense, a contrast between what you're watching and what you're hearing. Um, he's maybe portraying a beauty in the the art of boxing, perhaps you could argue, but it's moreover, it's about the beauty of music versus the raw horror of violence. Um, he doesn't pull any punches to throw in a, a very obvious pun on boxing um, with, with some of the photography. You really feel the punches, don't you? Um, the cast, Robert De Niro, we've mentioned, Kathy Moriarty, who's in yeah. a number of good films before going into 
lots of cheesy comedy later down the line. Yeah. Joe Pesci, you've mentioned Frank Vincent. Um, there's a whole load of other people in there who you probably won't recognise, so I won't bother listing. Oscars, but, Robert De Niro for actor. Thelma yeah. Studemaker, of course, for editing. She, uh, she, the, she's a long-time editing partner of Martin Scorsese. Exactly. Yeah. And, of course, the, the wife of Michael Powell, the famous British filmmaker, now deceased. Thelma Schoonmaker still very much alive, and I, I think still working with Scorsese. Yeah. I think. Um, so yeah, so so all, uh, actors and editing Oscars, Oscar nominations for Irwin Winkler and Robert Chartoff for Best Picture. So I, the producers, Martin Scorsese for director, Joe Pesci for actor in a supporting role, Kathy Moriarty for actress in a supporting role, Michael Chapman for his photography, which I think should have won. Um, yeah. that's outrageous really just I the lighting on it the way that you had the sort of flashes and the, around the ring side and everything like that it's yeah. so yeah. well done yeah it's it, it's a film of it's a very visceral film it's it's a film of sublime beauty it's raw painful beauty it's very american for me um the thing with Martin Scorsese films again we, we'll talk about this in more detail later when we cover him as a as a, as a main subject but um he very much feels his part of the world in America, doesn't he? Everything about him, it's it's very. You you can feel every orifice, every every kind of nuance, every little yeah. detail. Um, you you know he's lived that life. He's he knows that world. He knows this edginess, yeah. and it it's it's a wonderful thing. I'm going to have another sip of this drink, by the way. It's superb, Hono. Mm. I'm going to get some of that for Christmas. It feels absolutely spot on. Anyway, in June. You can't talk about Christmas yet. <laughs> oh, I can start planning ahead. I'm going to have to order loads <laughs> you of might stuff. might be out of lockdown by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 1001 films you should see before you die. I'm going to refer to that again, my edition of that. Um, it's not in anything other than alphabetical order, this, so I don't know where they would place it, actually, in the 1001. I'd put it pretty high. Uh, it's in my top 100 films of all time, by the way, just to, to say that. Um, and that's not easy to get into, I have to say. Um the description in the book is this boxing biopic was a personal project for actor Robert De Niro, who discovered the as told to autobiography of former middleweight champion Jack LaMotta and persuaded director Martin Scorsese and writer Paul Schrader, his taxi driver collaborators, to commit to the intense, apparently uncompromising material with the Rocky films, uh, ironically also produced by Owen Winkler and Robert Chartoff, um, celebrating the ring underdog who survives and triumphs, um, standing as the most successful sports saga of all time. Raging Bull dares to deal with the anti-Rocky, a hungry contender who winds up a bloated has-been uh, without really learning anything along the way or finding satisfaction in his achievements. So it's the, it's the anti-American yeah. dream, isn't it? And it we is. talked about the it's flip the reality. side, the, unf the unfavourable protagonist versus Much the like favourable brother. Much like the wrestler, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It goes on to say after long years and many setbacks, Lamotta wins the champion's belt. But in screen time, a few minutes later, he is clawing off the jewels to pawn so he can try to bribe his way out of a moral uh, charge. Raging Bull is also a poetic, daring exploration of the soul of the inarticulate, violent man. It never excuses his many horrific flaws and it establishes the physical and psychological punishment he takes as well as dishes out, showing the deep-seated misogyny and raging homophobia that characterises his whole Italian-American Bronx Limited world. The miracle is that De Niro, 
in a textbook example of the masterly screen acting augmented uh, by much publicized physical transformations can find as much sympathy as he does for Lamotta showing how a jealous streak and an in-the-ring aggression have appalling consequences for himself and his family. It's a remarkable feat with the actor equally convincing as the Wolverine um, sleek uncontrollably vicious punching machine of an, of the early bouts and the fat-bellied, slow-thinking shambles Lamotta becomes when his ring career is over and he can at last surrender to his uncontrollable lust for pastrami sandwiches. It, says. <laughs> it goes up, there, there's a lot more description besides yeah. it. It's actually a really good entry in the book. I don't know if I, I had I much sympathy, all, if I had much sympathy for him. I thought no. he, it was karma more than anything else. I, yeah, I don't think you're meant to, but that, that's how it sits a yeah. bit awkwardly, isn't it? Because... He, he is a grotesque figure, uh, not just physically when he bloats himself, um, which is which is in itself a metaphor of sorts yeah. of character, isn't it? But, you know, he, he's violent, he's suspicious, he's paranoid, he's violent, um, not just to his wife, but to his yeah. brother-in-law, uh, to his brother. Um, he, he's an objectionable character in so many ways, but it shows, as it said, how far someone can sink from where they should be and where they should place themselves in the American dream to where they actually might be. Fascinating that the, yeah. he, he was, uh, Lamotta himself was consulted quite heavily for the filming, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so I think Scorsese and De Niro both spoke with him a lot, um, which was interesting. He, he, he was this sort of, he was, he was a guy who, who ended up doing the stand-up yeah. Um, circuit to painfully unremarkable <laughs> yes. uh, levels of success and it, it's a depiction of a, a pathetic tragic figure yeah. and yet he was consulted on the film I wonder what he really thought no, of the depiction he, he seems yeah. I've <laughs> seen documentaries and on, on it I've seen audio commentaries from, from the film and you know he's kind of it doesn't seem to be critical of it but he must he must have thought, well, I don't know, maybe he's looking himself in the, in in a mirror, so to speak, there, and maybe maybe recognizing and realizing what he was, maybe what he still yeah. is. I don't know. Um, it didn't put but, any punches yeah. in his depiction. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty savage. And you look at the guy, the real guy, and you see him in interviews. That is a mangled face. It was a, yeah. seriously, you know, a tough, tough guy but not necessarily in a good way. Um, I mean, that, that that was one thing. I also had a look at, I've got the a book, The Cinema of Martin Scorsese, which I recommend reading. It's, uh, he's a brilliant director. Yeah. His, his better work is superb. It's really interesting. Um, there was only one bit I was going to read from the um, from the book, which um, I found interesting. Let's see if how it ties in with what we've just been talking about. It says, according to Paul Schrader, of course, the screenwriter, yeah. Scorsese imposes salvation on his subject by fiat, and then only in the final title. Yet even Schrader, who never really got from him a terribly credible reason why he did it, to quote, qualifies but does not dismiss Scorsese's claim that Raging Bull is a film about redemption. That's the thing. Is it about redemption? He, no, he no. says, um, yes, but redemption through physical pain, like the um, stations of the cross, um, one torment after another. Not redemption by having a view of salvation or by grace, but just redemption by death. Redemption through pain. Which is the darker side of the Christian message. And that uh, sums it up for me. Scorsese. He loves is, his, um, Paul Schrader is well known. He loves his religious 
Yeah, I mean, and, and, yeah. and Scorsese does as well. They're, yeah. they're both very much wrapped up in Italian American Catholicism. It permeates every one of the stories, not just um, yeah. the temp- last temptation of Christ, which is an obvious example, but in all of the films, in, in Mean Streets, it's there. It's it's definitely in Raging Bull. It's it's a recurring theme. Um, you look at Alfred Hitchcock, we talked about in the first episode. Catholicism plays a part. It does feed and enrich, I think, filmmakers who are touched by that religion in an interesting way, whether whether it's a thing you want people to experience because they they are jarred, tainted, yeah. maybe distorted by it sometimes. It can be a problematic element, but it does make for interesting films. And this film for me is it's got so much going for it. The, the um I mean the brutality of it, the self brutality, yeah. the the fact he's left himself be hit, isn't he? On a number of occasions. Yeah. And we even turned around to his brother, punch me in the face. Punch yeah, me in the yeah. face now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's a remarkable piece of work. I cannot believe you have got it in your top five. This is this oh. is a masterpiece, Phil. I know. I've gone for films <laughs> for enjoyment factor. And I, I've watched this film a lot. And the most recent time I watched it, I I just didn't really enjoy spending much mm. time with these particular characters. As a work of art, it's probably above everything. It's definitely above anything else on my list. Mm. But in terms of entertainment and what I would, if I had to choose to watch a film, I wouldn't choose to watch it again. Yeah, I, I mean, your 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 lists, I think, generally are well, much more committed, popcorn. Yes, committed to entertainment. It's got yes. to be entertaining. For, I think we're not on we're not on the same page yeah. exactly, but we're not in the a different chapter. Put it that way. Yeah, I yeah. think we're in the same chapter. But for me, it's got to be. It's got to have a certain quality to make a top five for me. It, it has to have real, a real yeah. semblance of depth and str- strength of narrative yeah. and strength of performance and strength of cinematography, maybe, maybe yeah. as well. Um, and I think you can't leave a film like this out. I, I just couldn't, I could not leave this out at all, let alone, you know, altogether. But uh, for me, it, it's one of his best films, definitely. Whether it's his best, well, you'll have to wait for a later episode. We'll, we'll talk about no. that later. <laughs> but it's, it's Scorsese at his best. Yeah. There's a few films you can list, and we won't list it for that reason. Yeah. We want to keep it all exciting for later. But, you know, there's three, four, maybe five films, maybe more that you would look at and you think, that's that's him at the peak of his game. And it's De Niro at the peak of his game. De Niro is a superb actor on his day. Oh, yeah. He's he's transgressed into well, I think failed, largely failed attempts at comedy. Uh, bits like um analyze this were quite funny or whatever, but, you know. And what's the other one? Meet the parents. Meet the parents, funny. yeah. Yeah. Those are quite funny, but they're they're okay. But you know, his best work is behind him, yeah. I think. Unless he, he comes I up with a I can't remember the day. last film of his that I genuinely thought he yeah. was magnetic and really no. watchable. It was probably Heat, and that was twenty five years ago. Yeah, he, he's a he's a guy who you look at um you look at Mean Streets, you look at Taxi Driver, you look at Raging Bull. Those <laughs> as the cat strolls in front of the camera. Um, those three films in the Scorsese tome are just stand alone superb and then later goodfellas of course i see you looking anxiously as i didn't mention that um though those films are in a, a different yeah. world they're in a different stratosphere when when scott when um de niro's at his best he is just electric he's unbelievably yeah. good and the this is one of those films um, in terms of later actor, on, actors that well. can populate a role and be oh. completely that person and completely under like 
they bec- almost become that person. I think it's a list of two. I think it's Daniel Day Lewis and Robert De Niro, and I think, yeah. and then it's a huge drop down to whoever number three is. Ooh, interesting. Um, I'll have to have a think about that. I agree with those two choices. I'm just wondering if there's more to add to the list. Um, on the same level, but well, I'll have to have a think about that. But I agree with you, Daniel Day Lewis, of course, who's worked Kings with Scott Sacks, yeah. Gangs of New York, films. yeah, 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 and uh, The Age of Innocence as well, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, he, he's um, he's a superb actor. We'll have to get onto that as a subject yeah. actually quite soon. In fact, should we do that it's... next? Have you got something else films? in mind? We'll, we'll have a talk about know. it off air later. We'll have a think about that. Well, yeah. there's so many choices. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're, we'll I think we should probably on. do a uh, a actress rather than an actor next. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a think off air anyway, and we'll let you all know later. Um, it'll just be a month until the next one. Um, any further thoughts on Raging Bull or anything else? Well, sports movies in general. We've got a lot of. Um, yeah, uh, footnote I've, kind of comments haven't we ready to mention there? We've got got to mention a few others. There is. I've got a couple that I I'd like to mention. Um, there are a couple of films. Yeah, so one film that came very close to coming into my top five um, is uh, the world's fastest Indian. Have you seen that? Anthony Hopkins film. Anthony Hopkins. No, I haven't seen that, actually. No, no. Oh, it's beautiful. So it's uh, made by Roger Donaldson, 2006 film about an Aussie guy. It's a true story set in the 50s, 60s, um, Mm. about uh, where the people try and set the land speed record out in the salt flats in America. And he travels over on his bike, old Indian motorcycle that's half made of parts that he's made of himself. And it's just kind of half road movie, kind of half struggle you know triumph over adversity i thoroughly recommend it i think um, it might might be one of the streaming services but if it's well worth watching okay anthony hopkins he says it's one of his most favorite roles that he's ever played and it was probably one of the easiest ones just him playing an australian guy who's really into motorbikes going to america and and hollywood and not ever really been anywhere you know like that before and then the people that he meets on his travels and the conversations he have with them it's absolutely brilliant film i thoroughly recommend it (laughs) another film i genuinely enjoyed that was also quite recent it shares a lot of the same dna as um le mans 66 would be rush uh ron howard's yeah i'm just gonna give that a shout yeah that's a good that's great it's chris hemsworth versus um i've forgotten his name Daniel Brühl, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The true story. He's an Austrian actor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the old story German. of Grand, Grand Prix racing from the 1970s. Very, very, very watchable. Really, really yeah. enjoyable. Um, another very, very recent film that is sporting related that I thought was fantastic was I, Tonya. Mm, yeah. In 2018. With and Margot and... Robbie playing the real life Tonya. And we mentioned Richard Jewell earlier, didn't we? The Clint Eastwood film. Of course, that's got the guy in it uh, yeah. the, who's in the main role in that. Pops up, I think, well, for most of us, the first time we'd seen him, it was in I, Tonya as this yeah. crazy side character. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's a good show, actually. Um, I've had some correspondence as well. We've got okay. Warren who I think is from London, but moving back to Sussex, um, he said Rollerball. 
I'm not sure if I've seen Rollerball. If I yeah, did, there's, a, a there's the original, which is great. It's like the science science fiction film from the 1976, I think. Yeah. And then there's a remake of it about. Tw- 20 years ago which was absolutely yeah. terrible the original one's great it's one of those proper 1970s sci-fi films yeah so hmm. this kind of looks a bit like blade runner with the big buildings and the, yeah i think i think i saw it i think i did see it yeah go on sorry yeah no no it's one of those yeah. films that was maybe a little bit ahead of its time very yeah. very violent it's sport which kind of people watch where people go flying around trying to yeah. kill each other <laughs> i'm Warren also says Running Man and Battle Royale might be stretching the definition of sport too far. But you did say dystopian, right? He says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is quite funny. Ian Davis from Portsmouth. He's not actually from Portsmouth. I know he's a friend of mine. I'm just saying it to annoy him. Um, he is from somewhere near there. Um, he said rollerball as well is a good shout. Um, I think, yeah, good, good comments good all around there. A um, couple, a couple of others. So before we go into any more, some a couple of others that I've enjoyed recently um in terms of boxing films i quite enjoyed we mentioned it earlier the david o russell film the fighter with mark Wahlberg. yeah again with christian bale is absolutely mm. amazing in that as well and um, ron howard again he made cinderella man another true story set in the 1930s yep. with russell crowe Crow. that's another mm. really really good film well worth both watching. good films yeah they, they were somewhere near my top five they weren't in the final shortlist but yeah that's good uh josh um in the usa has said uh, taking out comedies from the criteria takes out so many laughing out loud. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Actually, it, it does. It, I don't think it'd be very consistent, it, though, would it? No, no. Yeah, because I mean, you, you'd, you'd have Happy Raging Gilmore Bo- and... number one, and I'd have Kingpin, the bowling <laughs> film with Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't really work. Um, Nick in Rochdale in Greater Manchester has come up with his top five. Here's a film I was going to mention in Honourable Dispatches, Field of Dreams. Yeah. Um, he's gone for Moneyball. He, he hasn't put it in a particular order, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Field of Dreams, Moneyball, Raging Bull, uh, Rocky One, also known just as Rocky. And um, he said, I can't remember the name, but it's about a ladies baseball team in the 1930s. I think it has Tom Hanks in it. League you know what own. that is. Yeah. League of Their Own. Yeah, exactly. Um, Josh himself, the, the USA guy, has come up with his list, though. Comedies aside, he's gone yes. with I, Tonya as one of the five. Rocky, he's put in brackets the series. Ooh, not sure about that, but um, let's just say you let's just say you said the first film there. Um, it, I, he's quite, gone I, with I quite like the fourth one. I've got to admit, because that was yeah. its most eighties and it's from an eighties yeah, nostalgia. It's quite a good point fun. of view. And I, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's got the wrestler in there. He's gone for Fighting with My Family, which is one that's I was another one mention. I was going to mention. Stephen Merchant yeah. film. That's great. It's a good film. film. That's another another yeah. true story. Stephen yeah, Merchant, Nick, friend of Ricky Gervais, of course, yeah. and uh, a good riot, comedy writer slash comedy yeah. actor. And um, yeah, Florence he, Pugh and Lena Headey. Yeah, yeah, and Florence Pugh is a great actor. She's so good. She's very yeah. very good at everything she's done. Um, it's a really enjoyable film, actually. I really enjoyed that. And his fifth choice is Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> that is I stretching it, it but Josh, I, yeah, I can is, see where you're going with that. Like that. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I suppose technically, yeah, it could yeah. be, it could be. The train, no particular order. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a bit like the raid, isn't it? It's one of those shouts. I don't remember said, a no, training but... montage in Gladiator, though, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, he added no particular order there either, but not being a comedy is so tough. He's still worrying about us not 
including comedies. Going I think back they're to just Nick, two such disparate genres, it would just be completely inconsistent. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Nick, again, from Rochdale, he's also added, there's never been a good film about football. That ties in what we've said. Although, he says, Escape to Victory comes closest. Yeah, and I would also... I would also have Gregory's Girl, but took that option away. I, I think Escape to Victory is is a film which I think people cloud themselves in nostalgia. It's, it's the last 20 film. minutes. It's terrible. It's fun. And the hour and a half before that is rubbish. It's a dreadful film. It's really not good yeah. at all. Um, but it's a classic of sorts, isn't it? It's a Christmas film almost, isn't it? A, a little bit. Um, Josh, I'm going back to Josh again. I'm, I'm, I'm jousting between Josh and Nick here. Josh has said, I wanted to put Space Jam in there, but that option was taken away too. Happy Gil, uh, Gilmore, uh, Cool Runnings, Mean Machine. He's listed a few. Yeah. Um, Wedge, a.k.a. Andy Gresty, um, who's in Bedfordshire, has said Slapshot, which is one of the other ones I was going to mention. Again, it's Paul yeah. Newman. Yeah. Ice hockey, different sport, sport yeah. again. Uh, a very, an American sport again. Um, uh, best sports movie ever, he says. Um, and Ian Davis, Ian from Portsmouth, agrees with that. This is from my, one of my WhatsApp groups. You can tell, can't you, by the way, I'm reading yeah. this. Uh, okay, you're going to like Shoney. You are going to like Shoney. She's, she's an Albion fan as well, a Brighton fan. She's come up with two films here that she describes as pretty decent. One is Journeyman, which I'm not familiar with at all, actually. But you're going to like the other one. It's Warrior. Yeah, there you go. you're talking, not just yeah, me. Yeah, that's you're, you're like her, yeah. Uh, she says, narrowing it down to fiction makes it quite a bit harder. Um, going back to Wedge, uh, he said, and the best in-match punch-up ever, Specky in the warm-up, gloved line with packed tin foil, kaboom, lights out. I think he's still talking about Slapshot there. Okay. I've seen um, that for years. I should have Alison, Alison Nicole has said, I quite liked When Saturday Comes. With Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. Maybe it was all about Sean. Sheffield United, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Duncan Rousey's gone for the Hunt Louder one, was supposed to be good if you saw the full 3D version of it. That's Rush, of course. Um, sorry if this is yeah. fixtures, but I haven't seen it. And I can't remember the name. Also, there was one set at Monza, loosely based on the life and death of Alberto Ascari. But again, I don't remember. It's another racing, uh, motor yeah. racing film, I think. Its name, I enjoyed the Arsenal Stadium mystery, but of course it's not technically a sports movie. I saw that recently. Um, it's a black oh, and white okay. British film. It's very twee. Yeah. There, there is a murder mystery. Someone gets poisoned while they're playing football. It's bizarre. He's, he's poisoned in the dressing room <laughs> by somebody. Okay. It's a really bizarre story. Yeah. It's not great, but it's an okay it's it's your, it's your Sunday afternoon British film that you, you might have watched at your nans when you're growing up. It's one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's interesting stuff. Um, I think that's probably it. I'm just going to scroll through. So if two, got any two last ones that haven't been mentioned so far. Um, yeah. One sort of linked would be Jerry Maguire. Show yeah. me the money. Um, I, I do quite like Show it. me the money. Yeah, that was Cuba close Gooding was in that, and that then, was and then was in rubbish forever afterwards. But yeah, I do like a Cameron Crowe film I, yeah. um, for the most part. And one other one that I really enjoy, I only watched for the first time last week, is Remember the Titans, the Denzel Washington mm. yeah, College yeah. American good. football team. It was great. There's it's also film... one of these ones that you watch it. It was about 20 years ago and you watch it. And quite a lot of the cast who were in their sort of late teens, early twenties have all gone on to kind of be yeah. quite yeah. a lot of other things you watch. You're like, 
isn't that so it's a bit like our friends in the north Fantastic. you've got this, yeah this, yeah yeah this, you look back and go oh yeah they were in it yeah and skins, he was in the wire like that, and he it? was in sons of anarchy yeah, and that's yeah, Ryan exactly. Gosling, and he looks like <laughs> yeah. he's about fourteen. Yeah, yeah, Skins is like that, isn't it? It's got, yeah. it's got people like what's his face from um, Slumdog Millionaire in it, and people like that. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, another film I haven't actually seen it, but it's a very famous film, and I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it so far. Any given Sunday, that's got a famous oh, yeah. rousing. I have seen it. Yes, it's yeah. Al Pacino and Cameron Diaz. So what's that like? Apparently, he's it's brilliant. What's the film like? Yeah, it's. Um... God, I watched it a long time ago, and it, 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 from my memory, it was, it had the the kind of action elements of the American football were quite impressive, but there was quite a lot of just going in on there. Was there's quite a lot of, um, and some as, yeah, it was okay. It didn't, it didn't do a Mm. lot for me. I think Friday Night Lights was another one. I think that was. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, your your mate, you know, your old mate John from Southwick Shoreham area. He's got back as well. He said Caddyshack. I think he missed the bit where we said about the comedies. Yeah. But he's also said, how about Kess? Does falconry count? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to love it. John, we love you. Brilliant. That's so him. That's amazing. Coming up with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, thanks to you all for uh, contributing. I'm sure. Thank you very, very much. Some. Cheers. Yeah. If you want to uh, throw in, we're going to probably, I think, start tweeting stuff out in advance to let you know what the next summit is going to be. We and are if on we Twitter do that, and we are on Facebook. Yeah. Phil, you're organising that, aren't you? Um, yes. If you bang out some messages before, a couple yeah, of weeks before, do. and if anyone is listening to this and they want to contribute, they can reply to the Twitter account. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Yeah. Film Fives. Film Fives 1, isn't it? The Twitter account. Let me... uh, just The number one, that is. I think... So, yeah, it's at Film Fives and then the number one afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And just finally, I'm going to run through the rest of my shortlist. I've mentioned a few things that came close. Here's a few things. Slapshots have been mentioned by Wedge, so we we won't need to mention that. Um, Southpaw, I thought was quite good, actually. Not too bad. Another boxing film. The wrestler you've already oh, yeah. mentioned. I that's Tonya, got, but that's done by the guy that mentioned. did um, Sons of Anarchy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's Southpaw, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you go back in time, you've got films like National Velvet, Horse Racing, um, Sea Biscuits, also on horse racing. There's been a few of those. That. No, no yeah. one's mentioned. We should mention horse racing just because, shouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, Fighting with My Family has been mentioned. Bull Durham, that's another baseball film. Yeah, Moneyball, you've point. mentioned. Cinderella Man and the Fighter, you've mentioned. Hoop Dreams, I've not seen, but apparently that's, that's a, documentary. Well, it's a documentary, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll come to that another time. I haven't seen that yet, anyway. Invictus, we've mentioned. Creed, we've mentioned. Rush, we've mentioned. Did I tell you I'm a driving instructor and I have taught James Hunt's nephew to drive? <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he went to the premiere of Rush um, as oh, well. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's still matey with his cousin, James Hunt's son, who apparently yeah. looks exactly like him. To be fair, Lucky I think him. the nephew looks looks very similar to James Hunt too. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's he got the sweeping famous. blonde hair. No, but he has got the good looks and charm. Yeah, yeah. and he, he failed his first driving test. Would you believe? <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> too not much happy. pressure. He, he was a good driver. To be fair, yeah. he was one of those those anomalies. He, he passed it the second time. Apparently, James Hunt's son drives like a maniac around the country roads of Wiltshire. I think it is. He lives. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Um, I think you mentioned the Dam United earlier, didn't you? Yeah. Um, Chariots of Fire you alluded to, slow motion sequences. It's a bit boring, isn't it? It is a bit boring. Yeah, I found it quite boring. Um, 
Jerry Maguire we've mentioned. I've got four more films for you here. And uh, is Eddie the Eagle on it? No, it's not. I quite um, enjoyed that. I quite like Taron Egerton. I think I don't he's know if quite you, watchable. I don't know if you count this Foxcatcher. Yeah, we mentioned that's a wrestling film. Yeah, it was done by the oh, same did guy mention, that did, did Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, oh, we did, didn't we? Uh, the Karate Kid, honourable mention. We've got to mention him, we? I suppose yeah. it's it's one of those things you can't not do. I don't think it's a classic. Where well, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a famous film. It's it was a, if you for watch a generation. It now, it's uh, probably dated a lot, but I have very much yeah. been enjoying Cobra Kai on Netflix. I have watched all three oh, series yeah. Yeah. and thoroughly loved every minute of it. Yeah. And finally, uh, we've we've talked about a few f- football films. We've mentioned the Damn United. We've mentioned obviously Fever Pictures. You're number five. Um, we've mentioned a few other st- uh, other films besides, including Gregory's Girl, which is a good film, by the way. Yeah, Barry Norman's sequel. top hundred films. That yeah, yeah. Um, two football films we haven't mentioned yet. Goal. Uh, one. Okay, Goal is no. I didn't want to mention no. Goal because it's not worth it's it. Not very mention. good. It's dreadful. Um, looking for Eric. I quite yeah. I that's a good film. That's a good film. It's got um oh, I've forgotten his name now. He's a city Eric fan. Cantonor. Was, well it's got it's got Eric Antonov, who is the Eric of the title. But it's got it's a Ken city Loach fan. film, isn't it? Ken Loach film. It's yeah. his most accessible populist type of film I think he's ever made. And it's um it's got the I can't remember his name. It's he's a he's a typical gritty amateur actor turned actor. Yeah. Um City fan playing a United fan, which is quite amusing. Um but the best football film for me of all time, it's not Fever Pitch. Can you guess what it is, Phil? You've missed one out. Drum roll. No, go, go. Enlighten me. It, it is, of course, Auburn Animation's Early Man. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. I, I love it. Um, yeah, all their I can't stuff's say good. a bad word about them. They're, they're brilliant. Yeah. The visual comedy... The, the, it comes under comedy, so we're not having it in this list. Yeah, exactly. That's why I left. <laughs> I was I was genuinely going to put that at number five. I need I to thought, watch that. I'll make my children watch it next week. I think. No, that, that, that's a really it's great fun. It's great fun. Um, Arben are, are superb. We'll have to do an Arben thing at some point, won't we? As well. Um, yes, that comes under comedy. To be fair, um, yeah. but worthy of mention at least. And there we go. I think we've covered it all. Anything else to mention but, at this? Stage? No, I think there's a lot of films out there, but I'll. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen Warrior or Moneyball or Le Mans 66, I think for me, those partic- mm. those three in particular are just very recent um, films that are just yeah. brilliant and well And And if, like me, you think that it is an absolute outrage and travesty that, that <laughs> Phil has not got raging quality in his top five, tweet him. <laughs> He's watching the account. Go for it. <laughs> Film Fives One. That's the yeah. account. We're on Facebook as well, aren't we? If you yes, want to bother are, in that yeah. way. Yeah. Excellent. So, on that note, Phil, I think we've rounded it up. As yeah, I said, on thank the next you very one, much. We'll be doing the Golden Seagulls. We'll be announcing our, our initial inaugural winners of Golden Seagulls or those that have been bestowed with the award of a golden seagull we are not going to produce actual golden seagulls and hand them out to members of the film industry or are we maybe we will who knows but we'll start talking about that next time too that's something you do in a post-covid world to be honest yeah Uh, exactly and we'll we'll come back with a new subject yet to be decided but we will have it in hand for our next one in about a month's time thank you for listening to us i hope you haven't got too bored and i still cannot believe phil you've left Raging Bull out. I'm never going to forgive <laughs> you for that. <laughs> Don't want to disappoint you. So on that, on that note, I, I bid you farewell until Cheers. the next time. 
Tschüss.